0: It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling.
1: And we welcome you to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling joined tonight by Joe Linville. We're with you until midnight covering all of high school basketball action across the great state of West Virginia on this Friday, January 27th. 2017 the fastest three hours in radio we we'll get your scoreboard updates throughout the night also we'll have some guests from across the state of west virginia we might even have a couple of them in studio tonight joe we might put That's, some faces with some names
2: i've seen some strange well, i shouldn't say strange, strange, strange faces no. walking around tonight but uh, <laughs> yeah we got some visitors tonight yeah so. we
1: have some guests and one person who is mia tonight is the coach rick marone coach marone one of those people who works through about just about every waking moment until he takes a break and gets under the weather. So we certainly wish Coach Verone uh speedy recovery. We hear he's feeling better, but we just figured giving him an extra night off here would, would help him uh, recover a little bit better as he gets uh, ready for another busy week of high school basketball. And, of course, he has to make a trip up to... Uh, Doddridge County next week as well for right. the and, hometown. And invitation. we've all
2: kind of had this a little bit, but it, it seemed like it hit him a little harder than it did the rest of us. So.
1: Yeah, so we're but we're good to go here. And again, we're with you until midnight. We know that you are here for scores. There are some great matchups tonight across the state of West Virginia. Some of those non-traditional matchups that you usually see either in December or in March come tournament time. You're seeing them tonight. We've got a lot of those to talk about and uh, definitely looking forward to, to having a lot of guests. And
2: um, Of course, the West Virginia yeah. Hometown Invitational continues. Uh, a lot of great games on tap in Logan tonight at the King Cole Classic. So we'll be talking about those games more as we go throughout the evening as well.
1: There was also a big rematch tonight in Morgantown, Morgantown. Yeah. and uh, between the, the Mohegans and the University Hawks. And uh, we'll definitely have much more on that as we go on throughout the night. But we know the first thing you're here for is scores. So let's get a check of our basketballnight.com scoreboard. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. Now, since there's only two of us here tonight, we'll I'll just put this up a little different. But here we go. Boys' high school basketball tonight. Final score from the hometown invitational. It was Clay Battelle 57, Greenbrier West 48. George Washington defeats Perry County, Central Ohio, uh, excuse me, Kentucky, 59 56. That was in the King Cole Classic. George Washington beats the visitors from Hazard, Kentucky. Payton City beats Union tonight, 56 54. At the end of the third quarter, Indian Creek, Ohio leads Weir, 28 23. Final from the King Cole Classic in Logan, Ravenswood defeats Tug Valley, 53 48. The Red Devils now 13 and one on the season. Also tonight, into the third quarter, it is Bluefield 57, Musselman 56. The Triple A once beaten Appleman in a dogfight on the road at Bluefield, making the long trip down into Mercer County tonight. Notre Dame defeats Charleston Catholic tonight, 60 to 50. Marshall signee Jared West, 33 points, five rebounds, four assists. For the Notre Dame Fighting Irish as they beat the Charleston Catholic Irish. And also tonight, Fort Hill, Maryland
2: defeats Kaiser 38 32. Joe? It was Independence uh, that leads the Crusaders of Greater Beckley Christian at, at the end of three. That score is 42 to 30. It's Spring Mills leading or tra- actually trailing the Jefferson Cougars by a point 36 35. That score is at the end of the third. And a final from man, the Chapmanville Tigers. Man, what a score. 105-32, to defeating the man Hillbillies. The uh, Hillbillies 0-14 Chapmanville on a five-game win streak as they go to 11-3. and It's Hedgesville falling to Martinsburg tonight, 42-34 in a low-scoring game. It was the Parkersburg Catholic Crusaders uh, over the Williamstown Yellow Jackets. That score is a final. 58-40. And another final in the Cardinal Conference, it's the Polka Dots. 71 over Herbert Hoover, 34. At the end of three, Westside leads the Princeton Tigers by a score of 27-25. At the end of three, it's Mingo Central. The Miners lead the Sissonville Indians 60-54. to 54. And in a final final. From Morgantown, it is the Mohegans, the winner in the crosstown battle tonight over University 59 54. Girls' scores tonight
1: final Mountain Ridge, Maryland defeats Frankfort 53 44. It was Moorfield over Pendleton County 49 42. Gilmer County, the reigning state champions of Class A. The Titans are 16 2 after defeating Clay County tonight 64 43. It was Fayetteville improving to 11-2 with a 66-53 win over Midland Trail. Huntington just rolls Hurricane tonight. 67-13, the final score in that one. It was Preston over Liberty Harrison, 72-17. Wheeling Park defeats Spring Mills tonight, 57-32. And Ripley, a 72-33 winner over Woodrow Wilson. That is your first check of your basketball Night.com scoreboard update of course you can get all those scores at basketballnight.com or at hoops underscore roundup and joe just going through those games you've got hedgesville losing for the second time this year both of them to martinsburg you have musselman trailing after three quarters at bluefield you have morgantown getting a little bit of payback on university tonight and handing the hawks a loss Um, that's the first loss of the season for university you're seeing a lot of these games that went one way the first time through go the other, and that basically tells us exactly what we felt going into this season, especially tonight. We're going to have a fun postseason once we get there.
2: It's all in how the chips fall, how aggressive you are, if, uh, if, you know, if you're hitting the shots in that particular night, and, and that's why we play the game. Any team can beat uh, their opponent on any given night if uh, things fall their way.
1: Morgantown getting that 59-54 win over University. And so that's number three beating number one in AAA. Um, Not necessarily a surprise that Morgantown won that game, but interesting in the fact that the road team was the winner in both of those contests this year. So enjoy that sectional.
2: I heard, uh, I was listening to a radio show on my way over tonight out of Morgantown, and they were talking about how heavy the traffic was headed to the school early this evening, way like two and a half hours before that game even tipped off.
1: Uh, Hopefully we'll be able to talk with uh, Dave Wilson, WAJR, a uh, a little bit later on about that one tonight. And of course, the first time those two met, if you'll recall, University hit a three with about a minute left to take a two-point lead and then hit some free throws down the stretch to hold off Morgantown. Uh, That was just a couple of weeks ago. So um, Morgantown though gets revenge tonight on University a- and a big game in Class A, Ravenswood dropping down to Class A this year with uh, head coach Mick Price, and uh, that's, that program's been so good for so long. Uh, they beat Tug Valley tonight. That used to be a double-A type of matchup rivalry that you would get when they got to Charleston. Tonight they played in Logan, Ravenswood got the win, Jordan Mounts, WFGH Radio was on the call of that one, and... Jordan, tonight you saw two of Class A's best teams in what is a very deep and talented Class A field, and it was the Red Devils, uh, a little bit better than the Panthers tonight.
3: Yeah, you know, guys, uh, the Tug Valley, uh, we came here to Logan to uh, face the Red Devils. It was a great game. Uh, both teams really uh, showed a lot of talent out there on the floor. Uh, the big thing, uh, Ravenswood uh, got Tug Valley, especially on their uh, drive to the basket. But there, in the second half, the Panthers uh, closed uh, closed down those those lanes and forced them to shoot from the outside a little bit more. And uh, at the end of the at the end of the game, it's just a little bit too much for the Panthers to uh, to hold off and win. Uh,
2: Jordan, this is Joe Linville. You know, you you look at Tug Valley's ranking or you know win loss. You know, they're seven and seven, but you really can't tell what kind of caliber a team they are from what I've seen. Uh, they're a much better than a seven and seven team at this point in in the season.
3: Yeah, you know, Joe, uh, I was looking at the schedule actually earlier this week, and uh, just some of the the games that Tug Valley has played, we haven't really had an easy game on the schedule. I mean, uh, you know, we've we've faced uh, Clarksburg-Notre Dame twice. We've faced a top 50 team in the nation from Virginia uh, down at the uh, uh, shootout in uh, North Carolina. And uh, we faced another top 200 team in the nation as well down there in North Carolina. So I mean, just on top of that, the other teams that we've played—it's just Mingo Central. It is—we have had a very difficult schedule. Uh, so the seven and seven record is not indicative of what uh, what the Panthers are, are really capable of.
1: Well, from a radio standpoint, you've called a bunch of good games.
3: Yeah, absolutely, I've had <laughs> I've had the privilege to, uh, to follow them down to North Carolina and called uh, had a privilege to, to call quite a few good games this this year.
1: So Tug Valley now, as Joe mentioned, 7-7, seven and seven, but uh, that's, again, a, a little deceiving. Uh, a couple losses to Notre Dame. Uh, also, um, you know, a win, though, over Mingo Central, who I think most people around the state realize that that's a really good basketball team. Um, I get the feeling, though, with this Tug Valley team that once the postseason gets here, this is a team that could run to Charleston. Or it could stub its toe in sectional play?
3: Yeah, you know, like like you were just saying, the sections. The section that Tug Valley is in, it's got some very talented teams. You know, Tulsa dropped down to single A, and then you've got St. Joe, obviously, that's also in our section. And it's going to be uh, it's going to be tough for the Panthers to jump, to get out of that. But at the same time, you know, they've got the talent, they've got the ability to do it. They just got to bury their heads and show up to play is what it amounts to
2: and and from what i can see that ed ed may's you know kind of getting that team you know ready for the postseason and you know tuck valley continues to improve game to game
3: you know yeah, yes they do yes they do the uh the, the thing is you know at the, at the beginning of the year when when it and the news found out that we're gonna uh, we're, we were gonna end up losing one of our better players in jeremy dillon uh you know the uh, we had we had a lot to actually consider and a lot to to figure out especially at the beginning of the year and uh at the as the year has gone on uh the, they basically just uh stuck together hung together and they've grown this is honestly you know talking to some of the guys this is one of the closest bunch of boys that i have ever had the privilege of calling and, and watching play basketball you know they're they're just a band of brothers out there that play the same game that they all absolutely love and it's it's really showing on the floor just the, the closeness and the chemistry that these boys have uh, developed over the year.
1: So Tug Valley obviously playing um, in that difficult schedule, and let's just look ahead here real fast. Next week, game at St. Joe, home game with Tulsa, and a game at Belfry, Kentucky the next night. So, you know, just right back to you know, same thing as it has been all year to this point pretty much.
3: Yeah, you know, you're, you're exactly right. St. Joe, obviously, they are, they're always a talented team. Tulsa, they've got uh, they've got some talent on the on their their squad as well. A bunch of uh, seniors that that really outline that roster. You know, Logan Presley, very very good guard, very quick guard. And uh, then you've got the big six foot eight Colton Jude that that really poses a threat. I mean, he's he's a good three to four inches taller than our tallest player on on the the Panthers roster. So uh you know that's a little bit of a height advantage and and definitely some good skill as far as that that goes down low for, uh, for Tulsa. And then Belfry obviously uh Kentucky team we're playing them in Kentucky this time and uh you know it's it it's going to be uh, a hostile environment going into the confines of Belfry High School and it's 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 definitely not not a walk walk off game for Tuck Valley. They they have to they have to show up and play. Well,
1: Jordan, tonight, Ravenswood beats Tug Valley 53-48. Before we, I know you've been covering Tug Valley all season. I want to get your take on Ravenswood. This is a team that's new to Class A this year. It's 13-1. Its only loss was to St. Mary's, and they avenged that loss in an impressive manner when they got the game uh, in Ravenswood. So what are your impressions of that Red Devils ball club?
4: You know, uh, uh,
3: that, that's a pretty smooth ball club. Um they're they're not bad from the floor. They shoot fairly well, um, and uh, they have uh, they have the quickness and the ability to drive to the basket uh, if if the opportunity presents itself. The big thing uh, that I did notice uh, they had one kid that I think was six foot five, six seven. Excuse me. I was just corrected by my father who does st- statistics. But uh, aside from that, their guards uh, all under the six foot mark, which was uh, for for one time I can actually say Tug Valley was. Larger than them for the most part on the floor, which is something that's that's not very common. Whenever your, your starting lineup is uh, five, ten, six foot, six foot, six foot one, and six foot four.
1: So again, Ravenswood be- beats Tug Valley tonight at the Logan Fieldhouse in the King Cole Classic. And Jordan, Mouse of UFGH Radio, always a pleasure, Jordan. Look forward to uh, talking Tug Valley High School basketball again later on in the season. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right. Jordan Mouse of FGH. Always appreciate him calling in. When we come back, we will talk with Bill Nestor of WPDX Radio in Clarksburg. The Robert Seabird Eagles steadily getting better. This is what we thought they might do over the course of the season. We take our first break here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We'll be back with
5: more on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
6: High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as the teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and their progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. You'll hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit basketballnight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. Thanks to everyone tonight that is calling, sending text, tweets, emails. We appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all high school basketball in West Virginia. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Once again, follow us on Twitter at Hoops Underscore Roundup at hoops underscore roundup. A shout out to some of our new followers tonight. If you follow us tonight, we'll mention you on the air. Gazette Mail Preps, thanks for following us. Brooke, Garrett Haggerty, BWJ23, Chase, Brian Trump, Patrick, Francis, KD, Paul Williamson, Katie Rain Bailey, Tom Bragg, SportsNerds.com. Tom Gibson, Melissa, Yakes, Parker, they're all following us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia.
5: This is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling.
1: Nine seventeen on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling and Joe Linville with you. Coach Rick Marone, we've given him the night off to recover from, from a, uh, been a little bit under the weather. But we want to say hello to all 19, now 20, of our radio affiliates throughout the great state of West Virginia and also to our first television affiliate, Network West Virginia. Happy to be on the program. If you're watching on Network West Virginia, you'll realize we don't look into the cameras very often. <laughs> That's because this is a radio show that has cameras. So it's a radio show first, but we are so glad to have you along. We we do put a lot into the graphic side and the, uh, the visual side as well, Joe, so uh, the viewers who... Uh, are tuning in on network West Virginia. Like I said, don't don't worry that we're we're not ignoring you by not looking directly into the camera,
2: but uh, that's just not how this show operates. We're just giving you a taste of what a radio show, what goes on behind the scenes, I guess, of a radio show in the studio. So,
1: well, we still got that uh, the magic of radio still exists even here uh, in in 2017, and here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. You know, team is playing well right now. Are the Eagles of Robert C. Bird uh, two two wins this past week. It's a ball club that is now after, you know, a little bit of a bumpy up and down start. Now they're 9-5. and five. Picked up wins over Liberty Harrison and Lincoln uh, this week. Bill Nestor, WPDX Radio in Clarksburg is the voice of the Eagles. He joins us on the program now and Bill, the Eagles may be finding a little bit of consistency right now? Well,
7: they're Starting to mount up some wins in the midst of a three-game win streak, and you know they're uh, they're playing some better basketball and uh, doing some things the right way. But you know, guys, it's one of those things where this past week, two and zero, oh, uh, you, you want to win an ugly game and win as opposed to play and lose. And I think that's that's the case this past week for RCB. They didn't really play up to their potential, and haven't didn't really play as well as they had been playing the last. Uh, couple weeks. But they found a way to get the job done and get those wins. And At the end of the day, that's really what matters the most is is garnering the wins and gaining the confidence.
1: A win over Liberty Harrison, 42-33. Also a win over Lincoln, 48-44. Those are a little bit lower scoring than what we're used to seeing from Bill Bennett ball clubs, at least in the recent past. Is that something where this is a team that is playing at a slower pace, or is this just a team that kind of struggles to score sometimes?
7: Well, you know, Ryan, it's a case of a young team that that can get out athletically, run the floor well, they can create some turnovers, and they can do some things in the open court. But because they're so young, they're not able to impose their will and to be able to take over a game and utilize their abilities to force a team into a quicker-tempo type of game. Uh, this week we saw a lot of zone, a lot of 2-3 zone from Liberty and from uh, Lincoln, and they were able to dictate the pace of play. And so, consequently, not as many offensive opportunities, uh, the game slowing down, more of a half-court set. And so being able to play and play well in transition is one thing, but also being able to have the ability to play a half-court type of game that's another. In my opinion, the teams that are most successful are able to do both. And Right now, this young flail team is learning how to play that half-court set, and how to attack a zone, and how to do things the right way. I think that's really what we're seeing. You know, you look back on Tuesday, when RCB hosted Liberty, they struggled through an 8-for-22 effort from the foul line, and, and the Mountaineers come back within one their third quarter of play in a game that had a lot of fouls and a lot of uh, stoppages in play. So they had to find a way to put their foot on the gas to pull out that win. And you, you look forward to this last game here on Thursday uh, at Lincoln. They trailed the majority of the game to the Cougars until uh, later in the third quarter and uh, then finally hit a big three down the stretch to to get the uh, lead back and, and pull out the win. So they had to come from behind in that game. So they're finding the different ways to win the different types of games, but the biggest thing for them really is, is learning how to impose their will and abilities to, to get into the style of play that they're the most comfortable with.
2: Hey, Bill, you're 8-6 and six at this point. Are you? Do you feel like the team is where they need to be or are they may be a little behind the 8-ball or, or ahead of the 8-ball?
7: You know, Joe, I, I think that when you look at where they're at in terms of the schedule, I think they're right where they need to be. Uh, they're, they're finding themselves at, at the right time because, first of all, and once you start getting wins, then you gain the confidence for the younger guys. And then once you get the confidence, then you realize we're nowhere near our potential. And then that's when Coach Bennett can do what he does best. That is get him in a practice session, fine-tune some things at that time, and then get him ready for the tournament. So really the timing is so crucial in this thing. And right now some of these guys are starting to realize how good they really are and what they're capable of doing. So – They've just got to get those things together and then kind of climb to the next level and and then get ready and gear up for the postseason. So I think they're right where they want to be. Sure, if you ask Coach Bennett and the rest of the staff, we'd love to be a a few steps uh, up the ladder from where we are right now. But it's a work in progress. And, and, you know, uh, it's a matter of uh, just, just trying to get to where you want to be for that stretch run. So the wins are... Are starting to come and, and uh, they're finding different ways to get the job done. And, and you look down the stretch here; there's gonna be some talented teams uh, on the or the schedule, so they'll have some tests there. Got a chance here on the eighth to play uh, to play the Civic Center against West Side. That'll be a great measuring stick down the road. And in between, there's some other good games as well. But see, I think uh, you know, I think Coach would like to see it a little bit quicker than it is. But he also realizes that that it's going, it's trending the the right way and going the right way. So. I think he's pretty happy about that.
2: Yeah, I was actually going to make the comment, and you kind of took my thunder there. You know, you've got some even some rematches that you guys lost, uh, and it might be a better gauge for you too. You know, when you play some of these teams the second go round.
7: You're right, Joe. That that is an opportunity to, and and, and here's where you get into it. And, and you know, if, if you break it down in further detail, if your coach Bennett and his staff, when you get these rematches. You're going to see how well these guys remember what happened. They're going to see how well these players adapt and adjust to the game plan. Because obviously, the first time you play, you you feel out the opposition. you get a feel for what they do well, uh, how they attack you, and what caused you to lose. You learn from those things. You make the you know make the adjustments, and then you come back out, and then you see if you can execute those adjustments on the floor. So not only do they want to get some wins, uh, you know, but they also want to see how these players can adjust to how they've grown, not only physically, but mentally. Because the mental part of the game is so crucial when you get down to it. When you get down to tournament time and you've got a close game and you've got things going on, you've got to have guys that can step up and do what they're asked to do. So these rematches, Joe, will prove an opportunity not only to get a little bit of uh, payback, but also to see how your team has developed, not only physically, but mentally.
1: Talking with Bill Nestor, WPDX Radio in Clarksburg, voice of the Robert C. Bird Eagles. And Bill, this week you've got Grafton on the 31st of January and then February 2nd um, going to Preston. Uh, those are, you know, opportunity for the Eagles to uh, to pick up another couple of wins. But I think more importantly, just two more chances to get on the floor and two more chances to improve.
7: You know, that's what it comes down to, Rod. These are all opportunities. And and if you take them the right way and you learn from them and, and you keep growing, and I think that's what you're looking at here. You know, with with the Grafton game at home, that'll be nice. Then you've got to go on the road to play press. Of course, that's always a tough place to play regardless of, of how they're doing. It's just a tough, tough venue. So you've got these two games this week coming up, and uh, and then you fast-forward one week ahead, and you've got back-to-back games with Fairmont Senior, and west side. So you've got a lot of stuff happening right now. And So Coach Bennett talking to his players, and he's telling them one game at a time, so this week take care of business with Grafton and Preston. Don't look too forward because that's what a lot of kids do, especially younger guys. They're looking ahead. They're always looking at the schedule. And the key is the most successful teams, those teams that take it one game at a time, one practice at a time, they stay focused, they get the job done, kind of like Bill Belichick and those Patriots. And that's what you want to do on the, on the high school
1: level as well. Hey, find some consistency. There you go. Bill Nasser, WPDX Radio. Always a pleasure, Bill. Have a good weekend.
7: Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Have a great rest of the show and a great weekend
1: as well. Always Thanks. appreciate that. That's Bill Nasser, WPDX Radio in Clarksburg. And we'll get a full scoreboard in, in just a couple of minutes here, Joe. But um, I think uh, a, a certain team in class double a region three made a statement tonight bluefield gets the win over musselman uh, that is just the second loss of the season for the appleman that was a musselman team that was coming off of a win over martinsburg uh, a week ago as a musselman team that has just one loss on the season before tonight and that was to morgantown and that was a game that went down to the wire uh, that was uh, at least gives us something to talk with Rick Kozlowski about a little bit later on, because that is one of AAA's top teams losing to a double A team that is in a balanced region that is going to have might be the best team in that region, but is going to have a
2: tough time getting out of it. You know, like I said, any you know any given team can defeat their opponent, even though they may be the underdog on any given night if the circumstances are right. And you know, Bluefield's one of those teams. You know, I think. Uh, we, I thought they would be a little better than what they are at this point in this season. Maybe they have found themselves and you know started playing beaver-style basketball.
1: Should be interesting to see how that one plays out. Of course, we've still got about a month before that all really comes to a head, but uh, it should be a, a lot of fun in that region as it always is in the postseason and um, you know, again, we've got more scores that just keep coming in. We'll get you another scoreboard update when Basketball Friday Night West Virginia continues. we got to our second break now. We'll be back with more after this on the Fast Break Sports Network.
5: Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
6: Vida Amami, Charleston Catholic Irish, Seth Meadows, Pikeville Panthers, Emily Sauburn, Trinity Christian Warriors, Chandler Stacy, Spring Valley Timberwolves, Lauren Antelock, East Fairmont Bees, Doug Workman, Point Pleasant, Big Blacks. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the Standout Athlete of the Week. Have someone remarkable on your team Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You can nominate your team's player to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form, and we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes and do it tonight. Check it out at basketballnight.com. High school basketball's voice in the Mountain State. We're basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Join us online and vote in this week's poll. Last week, should coaches be able to call live ball timeouts? 87% of you said yes. Tonight's question, do you like the setup of the Hometown Invitational Tournament? Once again, the question tonight, do you like the setup of the Hometown Invitational Tournament? Go to the website and vote tonight. You've got till 11.45 and we'll share the results with you on basketball Friday night in West Virginia.
5: This is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to basketball night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 9.31
1: on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Big night of high school basketball. Joe, thankfully the weather has held up. It had a little snow. There was, a, you know, There was a school delay in Webster County today. <laughs> I know that, but uh, nonetheless... Uh,
2: I, seen, I I think I saw one tweet, and it may have been Tucker County that postponed the game tonight. So,
1: But, hey, for a January 27th... Not bad. Not bad at all. And uh, definitely hope that we can get through this basketball season. We're close. About another month and a half. If we can get through a month and a half, roughly, we should be out of the snow season. Just get to St. Patrick's Day. Of Course it, it can snow that late, <laughs> but usually you don't get it. It can snow in
2: April. It, it?
1: it, it has before, yeah. and, but <laughs> and will again more like, but still. Um, a lot of final scores coming in. Our scoreboard's filling up. You can see it on basketballnight.com. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. Or just listen up because it's time for another basketballnight.com night.com scoreboard update. Looking for Thank scores, you. look no more. Visit basketball night. Boys High School basketball action tonight. Hometown Invitational. It was Doddridge County defeating Ritchie County, 66-54. Clay Battelle defeats Greenbrier West, 57-48. George Washington picks up a win over Perry County, Central Kentucky. The Patriots beat the Commodores tonight, 59-56. Oak Glen defeats East Liverpool, Ohio, 55-52. It was Payton City over Union, 56-54. The Wildcats are now 7-7. Union falls to 6-8. Indian Creek, Ohio defeats Weir by a final of 44-32. It was Ravenswood in the King Cole Classic in Logan defeating Tug Valley tonight, 53-48. And at the Brush Fork Armory Bluefield defeats Musselman, 76-72.
2: It was Jared West dropping in 33 points for the Notre Dame Fire, Fire, Fighting Irish tonight as they beat Charleston Catholic 60-50. It was Fort Hill, Maryland, defeating the Kaiser Golden Tornadoes 55-48. Independence tonight picks up a win over Greater Beckley Christian 59-37. In a tight one, out in the eastern panhandle, the Jefferson Cougars defeated Spring Mills 47 Forty-six In a wild one, a hot one anyway, there was a lot of three-point baskets tonight. I listened to this one on the way in, or part of it. Chapmanville defeats the Man Hillbillies tonight 105-32. It was Martinsburg over Hedgesville 42-34. That is a final. Parkersburg Catholic defeated Williamstown tonight 58-40. It was the Polka Dots over Herbert Hoover 71-34. In a game that went to overtime, it was Westside over the Princeton Tigers, 44 43. Mingo Central, the Miners go to 11 3 on the season, pick up a win tonight over Sissonville, 88 74. It was Shady Spring uh, defeating the Summers County Bobcats tonight, 59 34. It was Moorfield over Tucker County, so I was wrong about that game getting postponed to 49 42. And a big one in the Windy City in northwest Virginia in Morgantown. It was the Morgantown Mohegans and a close one over the Crosstown University Hawks, 59-54. Eastern Reedsville defeats the Wahama Falcons tonight, 53-36. And it was Hurricane defeating the Winfield Generals tonight.
1: 48-46. Battle Putnam County there. And then girls high school basketball action tonight. Mountain Ridge, Maryland defeats Frankfort 53-44. It was Moorfield over Pendleton County 49-42. The fantastic season of the Buccaneers of a cannon continues as they get a win over Philip Barber tonight 73-57. Hannah McClung now over 1,000 points in her high school career. The Gilmer County Titans are 16-2 after defeating Clay County 64-43. It was Fayetteville over Midland Trail 66-53. The Big Reds of Parkersburg defeat George Washington tonight 74-60. Huntington a 67-13 winner over Hurricane. Also in girls' high school basketball action tonight, Greenbrier East defeats Jefferson 67-41. It was Preston picking up a 72-17 win over Liberty Harrison. Gracie Lamb with 13 assists as Lincoln defeats Robert C. Bird tonight by a final of 71-23. It was Wheeling Park over Spring Mills, 57-32. And Ripley defeats Woodrow Wilson tonight by a final of 72-33. That's a check of your basketballnight.com scoreboard, as always. You can go to basketballnight.com or to hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter, You can get scores from across the state of West Virginia all throughout the night. And Joe, I mean, sneaky on us there was that Hurricane boys win over Winfield tonight. Winfield had been playing some really good basketball the last couple of weeks. And for Hurricane to get that cross-county rivalry win on the road, that's a Hurricane ball club that's been a little up and down. As I mentioned, Winfield had started off a little rough but had played well of late it's a nice win for the Redskins tonight.
2: Yeah, apparently, you know they found their their game play or their you know game plan tonight as they uh, traveled across the county there. Not not that far, really. Winfield Hurricane just about in each other's back door. So I'm sure there was a great crowd on hand with that one uh, tonight in Putnam County.
1: So we do end up with a lot of rivalry games tonight, as we mentioned before. You also had the Martinsburg Hedgesville game. That's always a heated. Uh, basketball game. When those two get together, uh, you had the the matchup that we've talked about tonight on several occasions, Morgantown and University. You also had the the Putnam County battle. Uh, This this is a, you know, and and I know that it's not a good year for the Man Hillbillies at this point, but Man and Chapmanville are are county rivals as well. So, I mean, Joe, this is kind of a litmus test type of a (laughs) Friday night for a lot of teams to see where they are against the types of teams they'll be playing
2: come postseason. Yeah, a lot of these are even, you know, sectional games that, uh, that we're seeing tonight. So, you know, kind of early, maybe uh, see how some of these things might shake out come, you know, another month or so.
1: And, yeah, we were talking about Winfield and Hurricane. Winfield, of course, just dropping down from AAA after being there for uh, about the last eight years or so. And before that loss tonight, to Hurricane uh, Winfield had lost a, a tough game its last time out to Sissonville, but before that had beaten Wayne, Herbert Hoover, Mingo Central, and Scott consecutively. So uh, you know some some good wins mixed in there before what has been now two back-to-back difficult close losses for the Generals. This isn't the type. The time of year to panic, though, right. because Joe, when when you, even when you lose a close game this time of year, it's more of an educational thing than it is a uh, downer. I mean, it's a rough night. You want to win. You're competitive night in, night out. That's the nature of the game. But if you're right there at the end, these games don't mean as much as those when they come back around in March.
2: Exactly. We've also got some you know, pretty good conference games going on uh, tonight. You had Sissonville and Mingo Central. Uh, I'm surprised we don't have a score from our alma mater, from Wayne and Scott tonight. So.
1: It's interesting, isn't it, that Wayne and Scott played tonight. Scott High School alum. I'm a Wayne alum. We don't have that score yet. I'll get that score in a Yeah, moment. I was going to say, between, uh, uh, between we, we one of get us, get we can get score, that. score, yeah. Uh, well, uh, unfortunately, if, if, I don't know if Scott would go through Charleston and down through Huntington or if they would choose to go 37 and Route 10. The way
2: they travel, they're probably coming back through Huntington and down uh, okay. 64. I was going to
1: say, because if they went 37 and 10, you're not going to hear from them for, no. for a while because <laughs> there is no cell phone service in there. But, hey, we mentioned big game tonight as Martinsburg – Hans Hedgesville at second loss, both of them to the bulldogs matt miller w r and r radio in Martinsburg had the call of that one and Matt, any time that Martinsburg and Hedgesville get together on the basketball floor, anything can happen tonight. The bulldogs get another win over Hedgesville.
8: It was, in the words of Yogi Berra, deja vu all over again. This was so similar to the first meeting between these two teams back on January 6th. Another low-scoring game, a game in which Hedgesville was kind of able to control the pace, but Martinsburg, in the end, is able to make some plays down the stretch and gradually pull away. The Dogs had a two-point lead after one, stretched it out to a seven-point lead at the half, but the Bulldogs didn't score a bucket for the first five minutes of the third quarter, but still only got outscored by Hedgesville eight to six in that period, and then ultimately the Dogs hit some free Throws down the stretch and they outscore Hedgesville fifteen to twelve in that fourth quarter and Martinsburg wins at forty two thirty four. So the Bulldogs now, after that loss to
1: Musselman last week, uh, Martinsburg fell to Morgantown the next day, but now at ten and four on the season, and it's, it's just a it's a year where those Panhandle schools in the Eastern Panhandle have all. Almost all put up excellent records. And, uh, you know, that game tonight, uh, another indication of that, you know, maybe in the hierarchy, Martinsburg might be a little bit better than Hedgesville, but it's still also close enough. And we've seen that rivalry enough over the years, Matt, to know anything can happen once those two get on the floor again.
8: Yeah, and it uh, certainly looks like they could meet again in the postseason as the four teams here in Berkeley County are all a part of one section, and so you would expect that uh, these two teams would meet again. Hedgesville's yet to play Musselman, so they still have their two games that are going to help to determine maybe who gets the higher seed and gets an opportunity to host some of those postseason games.
1: Well, Martinsburg in the St. James tournament. I know there are some well-regarded schools and uh, uh, one one that I think anybody who's watched high school basketball on national TV on a national scale will recognize in that tournament?
8: Well, they uh, they would certainly recognize uh, uh, Mount Verde Academy out of Florida. Uh, they are a team that won national championships on the High school level in twenty, what was it, thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen, did not win that title last year, but they are the number one ranked team in the nation right now at seventeen and two. And Martinsburg drew them for the opener in that St. James tournament next Thursday night.
1: Well, let me name a couple of alums here, real fast, in the last five years from Mountain Bird Academy. You've got Kyrie Irving. He's pretty good. Uh, Michael Kig, Michael Kidd Gilchrist uh you know number 2 overall pick in the NBA draft in 2012 and uh Joel Embiid whose stock continues to rise in Philadelphia trust the process there right
8: uh, what was it? Uh, ben Simmons uh, who went on to LSU for just that one year and then went in the draft as the number one pick. Uh, he is from there as well. So that's, that's an idea what the Bulldogs are going to face next week. It's going to be a very, very big uphill climb. But I think you've got to get excited about facing that type of competition. You may not uh, have a chance to win going in, but you'll talk about it for the rest of your life about some of the guys you played against.
1: And there's a, hey, any given night, Couple shots fall, put a little pressure on a team that feels like it shouldn't be in a contested game, and you just never know. You just never know. Matt, always a pleasure. And uh again, big win for the Martinsburg Bulldogs site over Hedgesville. Look forward to speaking with you again next
8: week. Sounds good, thanks.
1: All right, that's Matt Miller, W R and R Radio in Martinsburg. Yes, that is going to be a tall climb for the Bulldogs. Uh I think there's no question about that. Um, But, again, Joe, I I still stand by this. You just never know. You You don't. You catch them on the right night. You hit a couple of big shots. They don't take you seriously. And next thing you know, you're in a ball game.
2: You know, we've already talked about a couple of games tonight. We thought may go one way and have already went the other way. So, like you said, a couple, you know, you get somebody on the floor getting some, you know, a hot hand and making some, maybe some 3 three-pointers that normally you don't score and you know you find yourself in the win column
1: looking forward to martinsburg's venture into the saint james tournament that comes up this week right now we'll step aside for break number three here on basketball friday night in west virginia we'll come back with more scores and covering more storylines from the great state of west virginia on this basketball friday night in west virginia
5: on the fast break sports network basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
6: For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. And hey, what about those picks? Get your pictures featured on our video stream, and you can now see that on Network West Virginia. If you're watching on Network West Virginia now, YouTube, or the RSN Facebook feed, we're featuring your pictures From games around the Mountain State. Send your pictures to us at RSN Sports on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or arena sound good for you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is important, it's serious, and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable worldwide in a multi-billion dollar industry. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu. Slash SOJMC. Give us a call tonight. We want to hear from you. 855 784 6677. 855 784 6677. And follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. Shout out to some of our new Twitter followers, including Tom Bragg, Corey, DJ King, Phillip Smith, Kaner, and Mel Stevens. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia.
5: Stay up-to-date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 9.47 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling and
1: Joe Limble, happy to have you along as we are with you until midnight here on the program. And before we go to back to the phone lines, I want to mention that if you want to see your pictures posted up on the show during the breaks we do that in in partnership with rsn uh you can tweet them to us just make sure to uh, mention us at hoops underscore roundup and we'll get your picture in there in the uh in the kind of a slideshow type of look and i think uh that takes us in some of the gyms across the state of west virginia sometimes and gives us some uh a different perspective of things and See a lot of the pictures, a lot of student sections and uh you know, a lot of game action photos. We we appreciate all of them.
2: Some really neat photos we've gotten so far, you know, just uh, we sit here and, and kind of make some comments and enjoy them as as much as you guys do at home.
1: Yeah, you know, tonight Bluefield's boys I think made a statewide statement if people weren't already aware that this team can beat anybody any given night. They are now, as the Beavers beat Musselman tonight. Tony Webster is an assistant coach with Bluefield. Coach Webster, thank you for joining us tonight. Congratulations to your ball club on uh, a nice win over a well-respected, highly thought-of muscleman ball club.
4: Yes, sir, we did. The kids came out and played really hard tonight, really proud of the way the kids played. It's a, it a big win for our program.
1: 23 points for Mookie Collier, 21 points for Cody Fuller, so 23 from Collier 21 from Fuller, you had balance in scoring and uh, able to, to beat Musselman tonight and for your ball club which is 10-3 and three, but has been a little bit up and down at times uh, what's the the importance of this game I guess uh, obviously you, you celebrate it tonight but can the importance of this game be how you take it and move forward with it
7: I think we're
4: ten and two. I think the only loss we had was to Mountain View and Shady Springs uh, at this time. Uh, but uh, this is a huge win for our program. Our kids came by, uh, played and in bowled into what we uh, thought we needed to do to beat a powerful Triple A team. And uh, I- I'm really just tickled the way how hard our kids played tonight. We took charges, we got on the floor for loose balls, we did the little things. that really made us a great basketball team tonight.
1: And you're I apologize for that, ten and two on the season now. Uh, so. so... I mean, you look at the Mount View game, and, and Mount View is an improved ball club, but uh, they still had some uh, struggles. They're a little bit up and down too. Shady Spring is a now a Double A team again, back in uh, back in that region that is so difficult that that your region is it was a part of. I think it's as deep as any region in the state in any classification. Uh, I, I guess what I'm what I'm getting at here is that. The loss to Mount View was a surprise. Shady Springs, pretty good ball club, and then wins over Greenbrier East and Musselman. Your last two outings, are we seeing that this is a ball club that's a little bit inconsistent, or is just you know the grind of this schedule been uh, a situation where you've had a couple of games where you don't play well and you lose? Well,
4: that's correct. I mean that Mount View game, I, I really. Think that our kids were a little bit overconfident. I, I didn't think that they really took that a, a good Mountain View team serious because Mountain View is just is just like we are. They're very athletic. They're very well coached. And any given night, they can they can beat you. So uh, I really think that our kids uh, we we got into the grind after that game, and, and I me and the other uh, rest of the coaching staff had to explain to them our schedule is probably one of the toughest schedules in, in, in the state. I mean, any given night, if we don't come to play. I mean, we can take an L. I mean, we have to come to play every game like just like we played tonight in the shady game. And we was without one of our lead scores. Uh, Fuller didn't play in that game, which I'm not making excuses for that. But they packed that thing in and was daring us to shoot the ball because he wasn't there and we couldn't throw it in the ocean. And and that's what it was. But uh, like I said, I don't I, I don't want to say we inconsistent. I want to say that we just got to understand that the you know, the type of schedule that we have. Is going to test us every night, and you got to play the same way every night. So that's 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 what I think it is, and I think we learned a big lesson after that Mountain View game. I really do believe that.
1: And you got the Golden Knights again tomorrow, so an opportunity to get right back into that. And then, you know, looking ahead also to the next week. I know you guys take it one game at a time. We can look ahead a few <laughs> few games at once, but you know, with Mount View tomorrow, and then a game with Wyoming East next week. Um, you know, right back into the grind of uh, a team that's within that classic difficult region three.
4: Correct, correct. Like I said, our schedule—if you look at our schedule—it's it's, it's one of the toughest, and it's probably I've been here, uh, I guess maybe 15 10 years, and it's probably one of the toughest. Even when we won our back-to-backs and back-to-backs championships, I mean, our schedule was nowhere near what we got, got this year. So, but uh, like I said, I, I love this type of schedule because we're tested every night. There's no night that you can just say we can show up and win. So our kids are tested, the coaching staff is tested, and uh, I I think the schedule and hopefully the schedule will make us ready in late February and and early March.
1: Tony Webster, assistant coach of the Bluefield Beavers. They get a win tonight. Their boys beat Musselman 76-72. Coach, congratulations on that win tonight. Enjoy it, and I know you'll be right back in the ground tomorrow.
9: Yes, sir, thanks
4: for having me. Have a good
1: night. you too. and again, Tony Webster, the assistant coach of the Bluefield Beavers, and uh, we'll get to Lynn Frederick in a moment. We'll actually we'll try to hold Lynn until the top of the hour and uh, but Joe, we talk about Bluefield, and we talk about Region three in class double A that includes West Side, Wyoming East, Bluefield, Shady Spring, Pike View, James Monroe, Independence.
2: Another tough one. I mean, (laughs) it really is. I mean, there's. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned two or three teams that could are you know well you know state championship you know caliber you know tournament teams, but all of them are not going to make it.
1: Only two, only two will make it at Charleston. And you look at Region Four in Class Double A, which I personally I don't know that I don't know that the best team is in Region Four. I think the depth of teams that are competitive with each other that play at a similar level, though is incredible because Sissonville, Polka, is obviously a known quantity, but right. is really good. Year, yeah. Winfield is a good basketball club. Chapmanville Regional is a really good team. Logan is a good team. Mingo Central is really good. <laughs> yeah. And only two of those are going to make it. And, and you know, I don't know that at this point any two stand ahead above the rest
2: no i, I don 't think so either, because we 've seen you know some win losses between back and forth between some of these teams, and it 's just going to be who is playing the their best when it comes sectional time
1: and and, and Joe th- this show we celebrate high school basketball. The fun part is all that serious stuff with that that 's a little bit later right, right now you 're playing games trying to get better, trying to improve and, and see where you stand and yeah, you know, we we've we've watched uh a lot of basketball over the years and uh you know that just because something happens in especially December but sometimes even January and even early February doesn't mean that's how it'll play out in March and you just kind of step back and enjoy this time
2: of year. And I've seen teams coaches making changes. I mean, you know, from point guard to forward, you know, who can play this position better, who can play that position better. And, you know, you've still got teams looking to see where they can improve out there as well.
1: Our phone number, again, we're, we're holding Len Frederick, PA announcer from Gilmer County High School. We want to, we want to talk to him right at the top of the hour. Uh, our phone number, one 78 hoops That's 855-784-6677. Um, and, of course, you can always follow us at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter. Also basketballnight.com. There's all the information of how you can get in touch with us uh should you want to between uh you know any time during the night. We're with you until midnight here along the great stations, the twenty affiliates to make up the fast race force network, as well as Network West Virginia, uh joining them tonight. And uh we welcome all of our viewers on Network West Virginia. Uh if you're just catching us for the first time, you know, we, we, we certainly appreciate it hope you enjoy our program over the course of these three hours we do this every friday night from nine to midnight uh, we cover scores from across the state of west virginia games we, we hear from coaches players broadcasters sports writers um, we have standout athlete of the week which we'll have uh, coming up uh, in just a few moments on our program as well and you know Joe, we talk about it, and I mentioned earlier, this is truly, though, a celebration of high school basketball in West Virginia.
2: It really is. And I enjoy, you know, used to be you rooted for your alma mater. Now I find myself rooting for different teams throughout the state.
1: We root for them all in exactly. one way or another. Exactly. We, we enjoy absolutely all of them. But we are coming up on our fourth break and the second hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia when we come back here on the fast break
5: sports network basketball friday night in west virginia will return in two minutes on the fast break sports network
6: if you love basketball then there's only one place to be on friday nights in west virginia after the game it's basketball friday night in west virginia Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates, our newest affiliate, Network West Virginia. So if you have Suddenlink, you can find us on Network West Virginia. Also, great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including Talk 92.5, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, 94 Rock, WRLF in Fairmont, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WIRCLP in Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASPLP, Huntington. 97.9 FM, WSPWLP in Parkersburg. 101.1 FM, WVWP in Wayne. Knight's Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG, Middleburn. Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM. 106.7 FM, WHFI at Lindside. 95, The Fox. WBES in Charleston 950 AM 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW in Logan Light Rock 93R WRRR St. Mary's 93.9 FM 90.7 FM WFG84K 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmond, Beckley and WMTD the ticket 102.3 in Hinton 101.7 FM WYATLP in Clay and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington.
0: Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores, all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now.
1: 10 o'clock on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We begin hour two of the program. Ryan Epling alongside Joe Lenville. Dylan Stone is with us. He will have a little bit about our standout athlete of the week in a couple moments. Lynn Frederick is the public address announcer at Gilmer County High School. We will talk with him in a moment as well. And, Lynn, we greatly appreciate you hanging in there with us um, on hold right now. But first, we need another check of our basketballnight.com scoreboard. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. I'm going to start with girls basketball this time around. And tonight it was Mountain Ridge, Maryland, defeating Frankfort 53-44. The Moorfield Yellow Jackets defeat Pendleton County 49-42. Buchanan Upshur defeats Philip Barber 73-57. Hannah McClung now 1,000 career points. It was Capital over Riverside. 68-57. Gilmer County defeats Clay County, 64-43. We'll talk much more about that in a moment. Autumn Hill scores 25 points to lead Fayetteville past Midland Trail, 66-53. Pirates are now 11-2. Parkersburg is 11-4. The Big Reds defeat George Washington tonight, 74-60. Huntington, 14-2 after a 67-13 victory over Hurricane. Also in girls' high school basketball action tonight, Greenbrier East defeats Jefferson 67-41. Preston, a 72-17 winner over Liberty Harrison. It was Lincoln 71, Robert Seabird 23, Gracie Lamb 13 assist in the win for the Cougars. North Marion defeats Grafton 90-35. It was Wheeling Park over Spring Mills 57-32. Ripley beats Woodrow Wilson 72-53. And in the hometown Invitational, South Harrison defeats 100 tonight. 52 24.
2: On the boys' side of the scoreboard, it was the Van Bulldogs over East Hardy tonight, 73 67. It was the Doddridge County Bulldogs over Ritchie County, 66 54. Both those are from the West Virginia Hometown Invitational. The Clay Battelle Seabees winners tonight over Greenbrier West, 57 48. Perry County Central falls to the George Washington Patriots, 59-56. Petersburg defeated Berkeley Springs tonight, 80-50. It was the Trinity Warriors over Cameron, 54-49. Oak Glen picks up a win tonight over East Liverpool, Ohio, 55-52. It was the Payton City Wildcats defeating Union, 56-54. The Red Riders of Weir found themselves uh, in the lost column tonight, falling to Indian Creek, Ohio, 44-32. Ravenswood defeated Tug Valley tonight in the King Cole Classic in Logan, 53-48. The Scott Skyhawks tonight, a victor over the Wayne Pioneers, 76-50. It was Midland Trail pick up a, pick up a win tonight over Meta Bridge, 73-63. Bluefield, big winners tonight over Musselman, 76-72. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish get 33 from Marshall signee Jared
1: West as they beat the Irish of Charleston Catholic 60-50. It was Fort Hill, Maryland, defeating the Golden Tornado of Kaiser. Final score in that one, 55-48. The Independence Patriots go to 7-4. They defeat Green, or excuse me, they defeat Greater Beckley Christian, 59-37. The final on that one. The Jefferson Cougars get a win over Spring Mills, 47-46. The Tigers of Chapmanville Regional hit triple digits tonight in man as Chapmanville defeats the Hillbillies 105-32. It was Martinsburg picking up a 42-34 win over Hedgesville parkersburg catholic defeats williamstown 58 40 polka a big win over herbert hoover 71 34 the final in that one polka's playing some really good basketball the last couple weeks as well west side a one-point winner over princeton tonight 44 43 the renegades get the win on the road bingo central now 11 and three as the miners Go into Sissonville and beat the Indians 88-74 in Cardinal Conference play. Shady Spring defeats Summers County 59-34. It was Moorfield, a 49-42 winner over Tucker County. Morgantown, Hans University, its first loss of the year. The Mohegans now 12-2 with a 59-54 win over the Hawks. Eastern Regional Ohio defeats the Wahama White Falcons 53-36. Hurricane picks up a cross-county rival victory over Winfield in the battle of Central and Western Putnam County. There we go. Hurricane gets the win, 48 to 46, and in the at the half at the Logan Fieldhouse, Logan leads Wyoming East 26-25 in the King Cole Classic. As a check of your basketball Friday night scoreboard, basketballnight.com or hoops underscore roundup. For all of that information, for all the scores across the state, of course we update basketballnight.com and the Twitter site, or Twitter handle every night of the week. So six nights a week you have basketball games. They don't play on Sundays in West Virginia. Uh, Lynn Frederick will talk to you in just a moment. First, <laughs> I want uh, sorry, Lynn. We appreciate you holding on. He's, he's almost getting the Bo Anderson Bo treatment Anderson treatment. treatment but yeah. yeah, but uh, right now it's time for a standout athlete of the week, and Dylan Stone joins us now and. Dylan, this week's student or standout athlete of the week, Reese Nichols of Clay County High School, and he's someone who, like so many others that we've talked about uh, in this, um, you know, in this segment, being standout athlete of the week, someone who is very uh, active within his community for kids at the younger level.
10: Yeah, he, he really is. He's he's a uh, a guy that. He likes to, according to his mother, who I talked to uh, earlier today, he, he likes to be able to give back to the community in, in the way that he was really helped out as, as, at a younger age, which is through sports. So he likes to volunteer uh, in, in the Clay County Youth Leagues and uh, in any way that he can, and that's something that his mother also said might be something that he goes back to after he graduates from college is continuing to uh, to work with uh, youth league sports
1: standout athlete on the football field as well a thousand yard rusher so he a basketball player football player he leads the team in assists and rebounds this year uh as well all of that some youth league uh, volunteering but you know sometimes the most difficult competition can come in your own home
10: yeah and that's somewhat the case with Reese he has uh, he actually has three brothers. Uh, he's the second oldest, and his older brother is actually a student at West Virginia Tech, and uh, he's been someone that, according again to Reese's mother, uh, has been someone that he's tried to uh, tried to almost beat out uh, as he's gotten older. Tried to you know one up his brother. Uh, his mom referred to it as you know just a classic sibling rivalry, but uh, certainly has, has been a good influence on him. And uh, according to his mother, he's been a good influence on his two younger brothers as well.
1: So Reese Nichols, a 4.6 GPA as well. And again, so impressive as to even getting to a 4.6 GPA. Of course, the uh, AP classes help out with uh, the weighted grading scale, making that possible. Dylan has more now on our standout athlete of the week, Reese Nichols of Clay County High School.
10: Being intelligent both on the court or field and in the classroom is something many strive to achieve. And often, in order to accomplish that goal, a person must spend countless hours reviewing film or school books. However, for a lucky few, that knowledge just seems to flow naturally. Clay County senior forward Reese Nichols is a member of that fortunate club. As Reese's mother Amy says, her son rarely has to study and yet is still able to find great success in his endeavors.
11: Honestly, I don't think he studies a whole lot. Schooling comes so natural to him. He does very well with it, and he maintains straight A's and everything. It comes extremely easy. I've actually made a joke before to people saying that I think he could literally sleep through a test and ace it. (laughs) But
10: Reese's acumen isn't limited to just academics. As his mother explains, he is relied upon both in football and basketball to diagnose what the other team is trying to do and to make sure his teammates are in the proper position.
11: From the free safety position he would call out exactly what our defense would need to do in order to counter their offensive play, you could hear him from the stand yelling where they needed to be. And he has to place kids or tell them where to go. He doesn't call the play, but if a kid is out there that gets confused or whatever, he's constantly telling them where they need to be in the play and what the play is that they're running. It's every time he's on the court, you see him doing that.
10: In addition to his intellect, Reese has become a leader who is looked to for guidance and provides an example for his fellow players. Amy Nichols says that her son has taken to being a team captain, and all that entails.
11: The kids just look up to him, where he's one of the older ones. He's been on varsity for three years, and he's just taken it on to be the captain, I guess you'd say, which he is captain this year, but Reese just likes for everything to run smooth, so he tries to make sure it goes that way.
10: When asked to describe what makes Reese such a special student-athlete, his mother focused not on just his brain power, but his considerate nature as well.
11: He's very caring he's got a heart of gold he is super intelligent he's just a well-rounded kid easy going easy to get along with easy to talk to
10: reese nichols is certainly a leader on the court but he also takes charge away from it he has been elected as president of two organizations including the national honor society and vice president of another he is clearly respected by his peers and the characteristics that have made him so successful to this point in his life will serve him well as he tackles his next challenge upon graduation enrolling at Marshall University to pursue pharmacy school. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm Special Correspondent Dylan Stone.
1: Thank you very much, Dylan. Good job, as always, on that. Let's go right back to the phone lines. Lynn Frederick, we've made (laughs) Lynn hold long enough. Lynn, thanks so much for hanging in there with us tonight. Uh, No problem,
12: guys. Glad to be
1: here. Public address announcer for Gilmer County High School for the boys and girls, and it's been a good year again for the Titans on both fronts uh, combined twenty seven and four at this point in the season. The girls' ball club sixteen and two, a big win over Clay County tonight. The boys' ball club eleven and two, and I'll tell you, you're going to have a hard time finding a more successful boys and girls basketball program at this point in the season in the state of West Virginia.
12: Yes, sir. I can actually add a score to you. your old scoreboard. I, I didn't hear it when you were announcing the scores, but uh, the uh, boys won in Webster County tonight, sixty-three to fifty-one. Oh, so that was uh, their eleventh straight
1: win. We'll add that one right now. Always appreciate that. And this is the beautiful part of basketball Friday night in West Virginia: is we can get those scores in there live and get them updated as we go. So now the boys now twelve and two on the season. So both boys and girls pick up road wins tonight. And uh, like you said, the 11th straight win for the boys and the girls' ball club. The reigning state champions are 16 and two. I guess I'll just kind of open this up to you uh, in terms of which direction you want to go with this. But again, those are two really good uh, programs, both having excellent years. Gilmer County coming off of a football playoff appearance uh, and, a, and a great season on the gridiron, and just a couple of years ago titans were in charleston playing uh, in the state baseball tournament so this has been quite the run for athletics at gomer county
12: absolutely uh i've said this before to uh, many people around here these are uh the gomer county sports glory days and uh uh I, i'm always trying to encourage the community uh there's a gomer county facebook page i'm always trying to encourage the community to get out and watch uh the basketball teams in particular during football season i was doing the same um uh, it's – I've not seen a stretch of success in my life, which uh, I'm 30, but uh, I've not seen a stretch of success for Denver County sports like the last few years that the Titans have had across the board. Uh, like you said, the football team went 10-0 this year and made their first state playoff, hosted their first game, won their first game, and now the uh, boys are doing great. They're 12-2. and um, There are two losses, actually, as well. Uh, they lost their first game of the year to Roan County. And they did not have Trey Shuff playing in that game. He sat out that game. And then uh, the second loss was to Wheeling Central, who uh, everybody knows is a pretty good basketball team. And uh, Wheeling won that game, I think, 58-44. to But a lot of people might not realize that game was tied 39-39 to after the third quarter. And then we just kind of ran out of gas in the fourth quarter of that one. But that was uh third game of the season. And they haven't lost since then. So, uh uh, really, that Williams-Central game would be the only game that they've lost at full strength this season. And they actually just beat Roan County earlier this week to avenge that season opening loss where Trey Shuff didn't play. And uh, the girls, of course, they're, they're back and are doing uh, what they did last year. Actually, I was at their game tonight in Clay County. Uh, I was expecting a barn burner. Uh, Clay County came into Glenville and played us very very competitively. Uh, I think we only won that game by five. And uh, Gilmer, they've the uh, I said it, the state champion showed up tonight in Clay County. That's probably the best game that I've seen them play this year. Uh, Kylie Schuff, Carly Somerville, Riley Fitzwater, uh, everybody played great for the girls tonight. They, they completely dominated Clay County from the opening tip to the closing buzzer. It was a pretty impressive performance.
2: Lynn, looking at some of these boys' scores, you guys have had some you know, pretty close games as well to pick up those wins. Is is that just the you know the athleticism you know down toward the end of the stretch of the ball game to to pull these games out for the wins?
12: Yeah, uh, they've kind of been <laughs> they've they've made some nerve wracking situations. Uh, in particular, uh, Monday night they had Doddridge County in Glenville, and they had to outscore Doddridge County twenty three to eight in the fourth quarter to win that game. And then the uh, Roan County game, I think it was Wednesday evening, they played up at Spencer. They were down, I think, by nine points in the first half, and they outscored, outscored Roan by 20 maybe in the second half and uh, pulled pulled away a little bit where they didn't have to flip that out at the end. But that has been a reoccurring theme. Uh, they've they've had some, some real tight battles that they've had to uh, pull out at the end, or in the case of those games that I mentioned in particular, they've had to come back and win. But uh, they seem to thrive off of it, and, so far, it's
1: working. Well, just to give some perspective here to our listeners, Gilmer County High School, as of the last classification period, had 271 students, which is about the middle of Single A. But when you really take a closer look at the numbers, Single A goes up to 433 with Ravenswood. So you're looking at you know a difference of uh, 160 students there, but a larger percentage than what you would have in that in terms of that number of difference in another classification. Uh, so obviously, Gil- Gilmer County is going to have people play multiple sports. And is, is there a way to maybe, or is there anything to the success of the football team and the success success of the boys basketball team playing off each other? What I mean by that is the ability to be in these close games to keep their composure and to win these games tight down the stretch. In turn and, and not necessarily just like just football helping basketball, but basketball helping football which helps basketball as well just kind of coming full circle
12: I think so I think that uh, playing multiple sports is, uh, is really good for kids and especially when you're having success uh, on the boys team in particular Trey Shuff, Gunner Haley and Cole Haley they were all all state football players this season for Gummer County and now uh, they, uh, Gunner and Cole have started on and off uh, for the Titans basketball team and Trey has started all year of course uh and they have have a good mixture uh there's uh three other boys uh lucas Serball, noah Velez, and carter springer they uh they they spend their year working on basketball uh they do a lot of a lot of work they didn't play football but uh you basically you've mixed in three kids that are very devoted to basketball and then you've mixed in three all-state football players coming in and I think it was a good combination, and uh, it's a senior-heavy team as well. The boys and girls are actually both senior-heavy this year. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, success is is helpful. I, I think it does transition from sport to sport.
1: Lynn Frederick, public address announcer of the Gilmer County Titans. Boys and girls, we appreciate you hanging in there with us tonight. Always good to hear from you, and look forward to hearing from you again later on this season. Thank
12: you guys for having me. Not a problem.
1: All right. And once again, Lynn Frederick, public address announcer of Kilmer County High School. We'll set aside for a break and be back with more basketball Friday night in West Virginia here on the Fast
5: Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
6: High School Basketball's Voice in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. What about those picks? Get your pictures featured on our video stream. You can watch it on YouTube, RSN's Facebook page, and uh, we're live streaming there. And also our newest affiliate, Network West Virginia throughout the Mountain State. We're featuring your pictures from games around the Mountain State. Send them in to us. You can send them in on our Twitter page, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Send them to RSN on their Twitter page, also Facebook or Instagram, at RSN Sports. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit basketballnight.com for video, audio, and the basketball Friday night scoreboard. Call us tonight. 855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Tweet us your team scores and give us your comments on the game, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. And we've got new followers tonight. Hello to Leo, Leo White underscore 19 white mango also joined us tonight the wmul sports director Allison fisher quinn robbie gazette mail preps we appreciate all the scores you guys send to us appreciate that very much brooke lawrence joined us garrett haggerty bwj 23 chase brian trump patrick francis mitch hoffman kd it's a pleasant life paul williamson sherry green and Lexi Saunders. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia.
5: Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. Ten twenty one on this
1: basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, and a special guest with us, Craig
13: Dutton of Seven Ranges Radio, joining us in studio tonight. Hey, glad to be finally here in the studio. And you know, it's really funny. I'm sitting in Rick Marone's seat. And it's funny, I missed him last weekend, because that's my first time I missed him doing public address at St. Mary's, and now I missed him the week he's sick here tonight.
1: Well, he knew you were coming, and he (laughs) called
2: in sick.
13: This is not a time you want to meet Rick. You want to stay away from (laughs) him.
1: You know, this show is is really fascinating. We've had Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal joined us in studio last year during the Boy, state tournament now. Craig Dutton, Seven Ranges Radio, mm-hmm. joining us in studio here on the campus of Marshall University, which is so nice to yeah. to house this program and to uh, allow us the space to bring this program to you. And uh, you know, Craig, obviously you made a nice little nice little trip down here. This isn't just a little hop, skip, and a jump for you guys to to come no, visit
13: tonight. It's a fun trip. It kind of brings back memories, especially being you know a state grad down the road here. But being back down this way brings a few memories back. And not only myself, but everyone else from our our crew at Seven Ranges Radio. You know, Brandon Gregory's here, uh, Scott Northcraft, and Greg Goodfellow, and we're really glad to be able to have this program on Light Rock 93R and be able to give it to everyone in that surrounding area. It's a wonderful service you guys have. My biggest
1: disappointment, though, with Craig being here is that I only get to say W-R-R-R oh. like a couple of times. I don't get to,
2: don't get Stay to on do, standby. Yeah, right, yeah. I don't Craig not W-R-R-R. I'm
1: going to put him no, on hold longer just so I can say that more often. Craig, the St. Mary's girls basketball team got a win over Tulsa, and usually we would have expected to speak with Coach Marone about that. But with him not being here, we'll we'll talk with you about that and the hometown Invitational and the uh, the Blue Devils, uh, you know, taking care of business in uh, in that tournament.
13: They have with Tulsa now. They got Valley Wetzel tomorrow at three forty-five. That's an important game because after the loss they took on Tuesday versus Ritchie County, that was a very humbling loss. Because right now, I'd say the Lady Rebels are in a driver's seat in that region one section two uh tournament possibly then you throw saint mary's magnolia in that mix and then they were able to get an overtime win at catholic uh parkersburg catholic last night uh the saint mary's lady devils really need to come away with this win they also have valley wetzel as their senior night at the end of the season so this will kind of get them ready but this one is for more the hometown tournament this will put them in the championship in the d1 uh, championship at doddridge county here next weekend And Valley-Wetzel is 12 and 3
1: coming in. So those are uh, – again, and this is why I love the hometown (laughs) Invitational. You've got smaller schools that maybe get a little bit overwhelmed at times by some of the the private schools, and then you don't hear about them. You don't hear about a Valley-Wetzel because you've got Wheeling Central. You've got other schools in that area that, that, quite frankly, are all all really good. And sometimes you have a good year, but then you don't get to Charleston. People don't know you. And Valley-Wetzel,
13: in this case, is – I mean, a fantastic season. They are especially in the OVAC. That's a very tough conference, North Pan, Northern Panhandle, and another team that really surprised me. I got to see them firsthand. Was Union Union High School? Colina Burdock. What an athlete she is. She set the record in the Invitational Tournament. That's another team that you really don't get to see much, but they may actually have a. Back, you know, ways chance of getting back into the state tournament this year if things fall right for them. She
1: went over two thousand career points last week, and uh, <laughs> she's she she's doing pretty well up there in, uh, <laughs> at Union High School. And I know you you also have watched Ravenswood's boys, and we'll talk about them for just yeah. a moment here as a ball club tonight goes into Logan and beats Tug Valley in the King Cole Classic. Um, I think a lot of people know Ravenswood is good. Yeah. Moving down to class A, it can make it difficult to kind of see where they fit in. I think
13: they're right in the discussion. They're right in now. the discussion. Wheeling Central is too. And honestly, since they're thinking about, and I think it's going to go through, Bishop Donahue closing, that's a team that's going to be fighting on a mission now to try to win out the rest of her season and knock off the, the big dogs, the Central Maroon Knights. Ravenswood's in the mix, and I've been impressed with Fayetteville, uh, another team that really impresses me. Um, I'd like to say St. Mary's in that mix for the boys. But, you know, they're they're running with a lot of injuries right now. It's going to take a lot for them just to try to make it out of their sectional. And then they got to worry about who they get from section one, uh, you know, if they should win or lose in the section, should they make it that far. But you're right, Ravenswood is a team to look forward to. That, that move, I was a little weary at times, but I think the move really favored them going down the single A.
1: Craig Dutton, Seven Ranges Radio and Studio with us tonight. And he didn't realize that when you come to visit us, you go to work. That's how this happens. Uh, So stick around with us. Here's we go to Chris Kidd, WBOW Radio. Tonight, he had the Chapmanville Regional Man Game in Man. And, Chris, I know it's been a rough year for the Hillbillies. But to go into Man and put 100 and this not be the first time that has happened this season – uh, Chapmanville Regional getting a, a 105-32 victory tonight. We know Chapmanville's good. We know Man's having a rough time. But that was really an eye-opener for that game to happen in Mann tonight.
14: Yeah, I mean, we went over there tonight, and we were kind of expecting what was going to happen, but again, to lose by 73 points. I mean, it's just uh, you, you, your heart goes out to T.J. Blevins. I mean, you're talking about a team that had to move up from single A to double A, Lost all five of their starters. The only three players that were coming back that had any experience at all playing varsity ball decided to sit out a baseball instead, and so they don't even have anyone that's over six one in their lineups. So, I mean, tonight it was just uh, pick your poison if, uh, if if you're a man. I mean, Chenville hit nine threes in the first half. Hunter Neal was just towering over everyone. So was Obina and Chile, and you know there was just really no chance for the Hillboys to get into that game at all, and. Uh, you know, DJ, he, he's, he's going to have a rough go of it here for for a year or two. But I mean, I commend him. Those kids, I mean, they were fighting to the last whistle tonight, uh, trying to get back into it or try and get something positive out of the game. And uh, I mean, you just stack up all those obstacles against them, and it's just it, it's been really difficult for them thus far this year because that's a that's a team and that, man that's been to the state tournament uh, just a couple of years ago. I mean, if uh, I know you guys probably remember, they almost beat Charleston Catholic. In uh, the quarterfinals of the state tournament that year, and I think Charleston Catholic went on to the finals at least uh, that season too. Um, so it's a it's a tough blow for for a school that has had a lot of success in recent years. But I just uh, anytime I, I have a chance to say anything, TJ, not that he cares what I have to say, but uh, you know, I just don't try and keep his head up, and that, you know, if. if if it, you had success all the time, it wouldn't be fun. And it takes going through the dark times in order to enjoy the, the good times. And, uh, you know, right now it's tough. But uh, T.J. Blevins is a tough guy, and he's uh, he's a good coach. He's been with Man Little League over the years and even with the basketball programs and stuff. He's dedicated to that community, and I think he'll do a good job eventually getting that program back to where it needs to be. It's just you know, right now you get dealt a tough hand and you, you play the the cards you're dealt. And, uh, that's what they're going to have to do for the last half of this year. Hey, Chris,
2: we're coming up uh, here. we got about a minute. we got a hard break coming up. But anyway, talk about – how I mean, Chapmanville was hot. I listened to you guys, your guys broadcast on the way down tonight. Man, you all – they were hitting some real three-pointers there early in the game.
14: Yeah, I mean, you had, uh, Philip Mullins. He was a freshman. He led Chattanooga in scoring tonight with 21, and he's a kid that really filled it up in middle school. Uh, you know, you had Williamson playing well again, hit about three or four threes, and, you know, they did this tonight without Dylan Smith. Again, he suffered a deep thigh bruise against Logan last Friday, and he's going to be out, uh, for a week, maybe two, and so he'll miss the poker game tomorrow night, and they were without Kyle Browning last Friday with, uh, with a illness that popped up with him, but he came back tonight and played and uh, some sparring minutes so generals had some adversity in the last week, just with injuries and illness and trying to overcome that but I mean, they're so deep in so many different positions. It just makes it so hard to guard them. And their defense is outstanding. I mean, they just, they, they've got a lot of tools right now. And that's why that game tomorrow night against Polka, uh, that's going to be one that I think everyone in the state's will be paying attention to to see the outcome of that. And it's going to be taking Chapmanville, too. So it should be a huge crowd.
1: Now that one getting pushed back because of a water issue at Chapmanville Regional it High was School. legit. Oh, I know. No, Hey, I, I know. I, some people tend to think that, oh, that, you know, how about that? I you know, just had to have a water issue when polka was supposed to come to town. But, uh, no, I know the folks down there. They're they're competitive, good people. and I I, I, I trust everybody down there in that regard. So. Yeah,
14: I'll, I'll say I, I, I worked there, too, and I was driving out to go get lunch, and I noticed water was just flowing because they're building the new auxiliary gym right next to the school. And so uh, the guys, I guess, unfortunately, hit something they shouldn't have. And so it was legit. And, so, <laughs> and we didn't just make it up out of thin air, because, yeah, they, the coaches even said that they, uh, they were getting some fun phone calls from some people in Polka thinking that, they, that we staged this. But, uh, yeah, it, it really did happen.
1: <laughs> you know, and I always have to say, I know that the, the folks who do construction do a great job. And they yeah. mark things almost precisely, but you miss a waterline by an inch, and you got problems.
14: Oh, well, the kids loved it, though. They got <laughs> out an hour early, so, you know,
1: it was, it was okay by them. <laughs> hey, hey, Chris, always a pleasure. Now you've got a big game to call tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. And uh, from my understanding, we're going to see you again here sometime soon.
14: You are? You're going to see me next week, buddy. We're going to have a WMEL reunion. I, you, I'm getting pumped. We, you pumped?
2: Will, we will not be able to contain his head in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can't wait. You better
14: wait. widen them hallways. <laughs>
2: <laughs> can't wait. hey Chris, it'll
1: be, it'll be good to see you next week. Looking forward to it. Have a good weekend, buddy. Oh, you guys too. All right, that's Chris Kidd, WVOW Radio, as the Chapmanville Regional Tigers defeat the Man Hillbillies tonight in a big fashion. We're going to step aside, take a break, come back with a scoreboard update. We'll also talk with Dave Wilson, WAJR. He had the Morgantown University boys game. That was a great one. Also, Wes McKinney, WAEY Radio in Princeton. That was a great game tonight between the Tigers and the visiting Westside Renegades. All of that and much more. We've
5: reached the halfway point. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
6: High school basketball's voice in the Mountain State. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Reese Nichols, Clay County Panthers, joins the growing cast of Standout Athletes of the Week. If you have someone remarkable on your team or an athlete that made an outstanding play, you can nominate your team's players to become Basketball Friday Night's Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form. We'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. The Standout Athletes of the Year this season have been Doug Workman, Point Pleasant Blacks, Lauren Antalock, East Fairmont Bees, Chandler Stacy, Spring Valley Timberwolves, from the Trinity Christian Warriors, Emily Sarber, Seth Meadows, Pikeview Panthers, and Vida Amani from the Charleston Catholic Irish. And we congratulate tonight Reese Nichols from the Clay County Panthers. Don't forget our poll question. We've got a new one. Do you like the setup of the hometown invitational tournament? We'd like for you to go over to basketballnight.com and vote in this week's poll before the end of the show. You've got till 1145 tonight. And we'll share the results at the end of the show with you this evening. Basketball Friday night, West Virginia's high school basketball voice.
5: Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. now back to basketball Friday night in West Virginia with coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling 1034
1: on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia, Ryan Epling and Joe Limbaugh, along with Craig Dutton. Happy to have you along here on basketball Friday night in West Virginia. And you know, I was just thinking there a moment ago, um, This is the eighth show of the season, so seven complete, seven and a half complete. We do 15. We're exactly at the halfway point.
2: It's halftime.
1: It is. (laughs) We are halfway through. Well, where does it go? Anyway.
2: Um, it's almost February. It, it yeah. is,
1: yeah. And, uh, you know, coming up in this segment, uh, we'll talk with Dave Wilson, WAJR Radio in Morgantown, Wes McKinney, WAEY Radio in Princeton. We'll also speak to our standout athlete of the week, Reese Nichols from Clay County. But first, it's time for a scoreboard update. Looking for scores, look no more, visit BasketballNight.com. We start with boys basketball action. Hometown Invitational, Taylor Gerald scores 38 points as the Van Bulldogs defeat East Hardy tonight, 73-67. Long trip from Baker to Van, and the Bulldogs get the win. Doddridge County's Bulldogs also get a win in the Hometown Invitational over the Ritchie County Rebels, 66-54 the final in that one. Oak Hill defeats Ambassador Christian tonight, 53-31, another hometown invitational game, Clay Battelle defeats Greenbrier West, 57-48. In the King Cole Classic, it was George Washington over Perry County Central Kentucky, 59-56 the final in that one. Petersburg defeats Berkeley Springs, 80-50. It was Trinity over Cameron, 54-49. Oak Glen defeats East Liverpool, Ohio, 55-52, Peyton City, a winner over Union tonight, 56-54. Indian Creek, Ohio defeats Weir, 44-32. The Ravenswood Red Devils are 13-1. After a King Cole Classic victory in Logan over the Tug Valley Panthers, 53-48. Ravenswood gets the win. The Scott Skyhawks defeat the Wayne Pioneers tonight, 76-50. The Skyhawks, the victors at Pioneer Gym. Also tonight, it was Midland Trail over Meadow Bridge, 73-63. Bluefield gets 23 points from Mookie Collier, 21 from Cody Fuller, as the Beavers beat the Musselman
2: Appleman tonight,
1: 76-72.
2: It was Notre Dame over Charleston Catholic tonight, 60-50. Notre Dame's Jared West dropped in 33 points for the Fighting Irish. It was Fort Hill, Maryland over the Golden Tornadoes of Kaiser tonight, 55-48. Independence picked up a win over Greater Beckley-Christian, 59-37. Over in the Eastern Panhandle, Jefferson defeated Spring Mills, 47-46. It was Lincoln County falling to Nitro tonight, 51-43. Chapmanville defeated Man 105-32, in a battle in Logan County. It was the Martinsburg Bulldogs over Hedgesville tonight, 42-34. Parkersburg Catholic defeated Williamstown 58-40. It was the Polka Dots over Herbert Hoover 71-34. And Westside picked up a win tonight, 44-43 over Princeton. That game went to overtime. It was Mingo Central over Sissonville tonight, 88-74. Shady Springs picks up another win over Summers County, 59-34. Moorfield defeats Tucker County, 49-42. It was Morgantown over University 59-54 in Morgantown tonight. Eastern Reidsville defeats Wahama tonight, 53-36. Gilmer County puts a win, another W on the win column with a 63-51 win over Webster County. Hurricane defeats Cross County uh, Winfield, 48-46 in a close one. And at the end of the third quarter in the King Cole Classic, the Logan Running Wildcats lead Wyoming East 47 to 32. Here's Craig with the girl scores.
13: Oh, here we go. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> there are girl scores starting from the top. Um is Mount, Mount Ridge, Maryland over Frankfurt Falcons 53 to 44. And Moorfield Yellow Jackets with a 49 42 win over the Pendleton Wildcats. Cross county rivalry there between them two, actually over Cross County and Pendleton and Hardy counties between those two in matchup tonight. Phillip Barber Colts fall to the Buchanan Upshire Buccaneers, 73 57. Capital Cougars over Riverside Warriors, 68 57. Clay County Panthers fall to the Gilmer County Titans, defending state champions in class single A, 64 43. The Fayetteville Pirates with a 66 53 win over the Midland Trail, Lady Patriots. And Parkersburg Big Reds with a 74 60 win over George Washington, Lady Patriots. Also, the Hurricane Redskins fall to the Huntington Highlanders, 67-13, a Jefferson final there, the Jefferson Cougars, falling to their Greenbrier East Lady Spartans, 67-41, Preston Knights with a 72-17 win over the Liberty Harrison Mountaineers, and Lincoln Cougars with a 71-23 victory over Robert C. Byrd Lady Eagles. Uh, A couple other scores there, North Marion Huskies with a 90-35 win over the Grafton Lady Cats. And also, Wheeling Park Lady Patriots with a 57-32 win over Spring Mills Lady Cardinals. A couple other scores that are final as of right now. The Ripley Lady Vikings with a 72-33 win over Woodrow Wilson Lady Eagles. And South Harrison Lady Hawks with a 52-24 win over the 100 Lady Hornets.
1: That is your basketballnight.com scoreboard update. Go to basketballnight.com or to at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter for all the scores throughout the course of the year. Now, did you like how I just kind of threw him to the wolves? Threw him right in there. No warning. Just, hey, you want to do the
2: girls' scores? Go.
1: All right. um, If you could have seen the look
2: on his face. (laughs) And many people did.
1: (laughs) That's right. On Network West Virginia, a lot of people saw the look there as that happened. Like, what? we'll, We'll go to Dave Wilson in a moment of WAJR Radio in Morgantown. We'll also go to Wes McKinney, WAEY Radio in Princeton in just a moment. But now... Time for our standout athlete of the week. This week. Standout Athlete of the Week, a senior at Clay County High School, a four-year basketball player, one of three seniors on the team this season. Leads them in assists and rebounds. Also ran for a thousand yards and was second team LKC in football for the Panthers. He was a team captain, a running back, and free safety, and an all-state honorable mention selection on the gridiron. And he has a 4.6 GPA and the president of the National Honor Society at Clay County High School. His name is Reese Nichols. He is this week's Standout Athlete of the Week. He joins us now on the program. And, Reese, first off, congratulations on being our Standout Athlete of the Week this week. Oh, thank you. Uh, we understand you volunteer a lot with Youth Sports and with the Circle of Friends Community Service Club. Tell me what you do with those.
15: Uh, with the youth sports, our mid football league in Clay, West Virginia, we, I usually volunteer there every weekend. I, weekend, I would run the clock and stuff there and go in the booth for them. Because And then with the circle of friends, we usually volunteer down to elementary school and we help out with like, activities with school carnivals and stuff. And we head down there and we read to the kids every once in a while.
1: And also I understand that uh, you have several brothers in the home with you there, so um, how's the sibling rivalry played out in terms of uh, competitiveness among yourselves in athletics, academics, or in whatever you do in life?
15: Um, Well, the gap between the brothers really is pretty far, so the competitiveness between some of us really isn't there yet. I have a brother that's about eight months old actually. And then my older brother is nineteen, going on twenty, so me and him had two years where we played high school sports together and football and basketball. And that was fun. We really weren't well, I mean, the competitiveness was there, but really we pushed each other more and supported each other. And then my youngest brother is eight years old and he plays football and basketball and baseball as well and we usually try to give him pointers and stuff, make him more competitive. But sometimes he likes hearing it. Sometimes he doesn't. But you know, uh... balancing your
2: schedule, balancing your schedules—does it come tough or easy for you? I mean, being you know involved in athletics and you know the time for school and homework, and then your extracurricular activities thrown in. Um. Well, schedule
15: is pretty much school first. The way I was raised by my, my parents, if I don't get A's, there there really is no sports. So <laughs> school comes school comes first, and then there's sports. But find a way to balance it, you know. Just get school work done, I can do sports. Or if I'm game on late night, I stay up a little late to do the work, and then make sure it's done by time in the morning, and get back at it the next day.
1: Uh, one more question for you and then we'll let you go Reese Uh, 4.6 GPA and planning to attend Marshall University to pursue a degree in pharmacy what got you interested in the pharmacy studies
15: um well I really went to pharmacy about a year ago is when I really went to decide on that I would do something in the medical field and a way of helping people I I love just helping people and that's a really good way to do it that's People depend on that every day, and I was really split there for a while thinking between athletic training, sports, and stuff like that, and pharmacy, but I thought I, I want to do pharmacy, and that's what I'm going to pursue. I want to go to Marshall.
1: Reese Nichols, our standout athlete of the week from Clay County High School. We congratulate you on that. We wish you the best of luck in all of your future endeavors. Thank you. All right, thanks so much again to Reese Nichols, Clay County High School, this week's Standout Athlete of the Week. You can submit your um, Standout Athlete of the Week um, nominees on basketballnight.com. We've got to step aside, take a break. We come back, we'll talk with Dave Wilson, WHAR Radio, West McKinney, WAEY Radio. I've got Brandon Gregory on hold. There we go. Yeah, he's, he's here in the building. Uh, we'll just
5: bring him in after a while. We'll do that when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
6: For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. How about a chance to graduate from college not only with a diploma, but also prepare to thrive in an exciting, growing field? The Marshall University Sports Journalism Program might be just for you. The expansion of cable networks, the rise of sports-centered online platforms, and the continued thirst for local sports coverage make sports journalism a growth industry with jobs waiting for those who earn this degree. Your passion, curiosity, charisma, coupled with Marshall University sports journalism training will equip you for success in a multi-billion dollar global industry. So bring your abilities and the desire to be the eyes, ears, and life of the game to our Huntington campus to learn the art of sports storytelling while covering the thundering herd. We'll teach you how to go beyond the scores and statistics to tell compelling stories and accurately report breaking news across multiple media platforms. Marshall University's W. Page Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more about the exciting possibilities by visiting marshall.edu slash SOJMC. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter. We'll make sure to mention your name tonight, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Tweet us your team's scores. Give us your comments on the game at hoops underscore roundup. A shout-out to new follower Quincy Smith, Bill Morton, and Josh Wright.
5: Up to date on your favorite teams? Check out BasketballNight.com now. Back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling.
1: Ten forty eight on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Lenville, Craig Dutton. Happy to have you along from Seven
13: Ranges Radio. To our right. W-R-R. Oh, nice. <laughs> I, thank you was throwing it out there I'll, to give you the opportunity. W-R-R-R. I'll tell you what, go 93R. Light Rock 93R. That's, That's too easy. I, <laughs> I like the challenge. All right, W-R-R-R.
1: Joe Linville. W-V-O-W-W-J-C. Whoever else
2: will eight. let me talk on the radio. Whoever
1: <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> else will put a microphone and say, here you go. Exactly. And, uh, of course, this emanates from the television studio at Marshall University and also on WMUL-FM, the student broadcast voice of Marshall University where I got my start in radio. Actually, I, I got my start in radio for sure, but it was not the first radio broadcast I did. The first one I did was my junior year of high school, which was uh, 17 years ago. um, 18 years ago, roughly. Somewhere <laughs> it was just there.
2: the other day. Come it on, it was.
1: Randy Payton and I did a Wayne Tulsa Boys basketball game from uh, Wayne High School. So Uh, That's when I got involved in radio. Long time ago.
2: No, just the other day.
1: But one of the people (laughs) I met when I first came in here is a WRRR alum. Yes. Dave Wilson.
13: Yeah, Dave.
1: He actually was the roommate of a really good friend of mine uh, from growing up, our good buddy Jeremy Claiborne, who is uh, not going to be on the program now, (laughs) likely for a while. Ever, Uh, but uh, Dave Wilson now in Morgantown works for Metro News and WAJR Radio the voice of the Morgantown Mohegans he joins us now Dave we can't do Claiborne stories that would be a whole nother show we should probably look into that (laughs) but but, uh, it has its own Twitter account but anyway uh, Dave great ball game tonight and the Mohegans go on the road just across town and pick up a big victory over the Hawks first loss for university
9: yeah, kind of uh, repay that earlier loss back at uh, Morgantown High earlier this year. Uh, this game was a defensive battle early on. The game was tied 23 at halftime. Morgantown took its first lead of the game in the third quarter at 25-23. Then University goes on a little bit of a run, an 8-0 run, re- uh was able to recapture the lead. Morgantown got it back and got it back for good. Midway through the third quarter, Torrin Hanson got a look at an open three out on the left wing, nailed it. It was 35 32 at that point, and Morgantown never gave up the lead again. University would close the gap down to one late in the fourth quarter when Austin Forbes, on back to back possessions, he got a couple of good looks way outside, drained a couple of threes, made it a 48 47 ball game at that point. But the difference between this game and the first one, and these games were very similar. In the defensive battle was Morgantown made its free throws this time, uh, leading by one late with about a minute or so to go. Nicky Solomon goes to the line, the senior. He hits a couple of free throws. University's able to get a basket. Back on the other end, they're forced to foul this time. Uh, Nick Phillips goes to the line. He's able to sink two free throws. Ended up making it a two-possession ball game. Morgantown eventually pulls away for the uh, 59-54 win. So getting a a little bit of revenge for that uh, loss earlier in the year at the Rowdy Center.
1: I know that uh, University was undefeated coming in. Anytime those crosstown rivals get together, it's something a little bit different. Um, Tell me about the atmosphere for those two tonight for uh, what was a number 1 versus number 3, a high-level showdown in AAA. Uh,
9: There was literally no place left to stand inside the gym there at University High. They packed them in there tight. I think the folks... This rivalry hasn't been much of a rivalry in in recent years, Ryan. Universities uh, had some tough years. Over the last two or three, uh, Coach Joe Schmidl has come in and really rebuilt that program. And you could start to see it a little bit last year, but university didn't have the depth
8: to uh,
9: really stay with Morgantown throughout a full game. This year, university's got the depth, it's got the talent, and folks are excited again that these games are – you know, coming down to two three-point games at the end, it, there was an electric atmosphere in there. Both student uh, student sections were up on their feet the whole game, and the fans, actually the whole gym was up on their feet uh, for the end of that one. So the rivalry's back, and the folks in town are really enjoying it.
1: Dave, the Mohegans Mo- Mo- go down to the Big Atlantic Classic. We'll take on Parkersburg next week at the Raleigh County Armory. You and I got to run into each other, catch up, and uh, share some old stuff, Claiborne says stories.
9: <laughs> he actually came up during a, a discussion yesterday at work, uh, of all uh. places. So T- his uh, reputation <laughs> precedes him.
1: <laughs> he just lives on the other fork of the creek now. From where I am, just crazy. Anyway, um, Dave, always a pleasure, buddy. Look forward to catching up with you again soon.
7: All right,
9: guys, no problem. All
1: right, it's Dave Wilson, W A J R Radio in Morgantown. We'll have Wes McKinney in just a moment, but Brandon Gregory joins us now on the program. He covers a lot of Tyler Consolidated, Sports for Seven Ranges Radio, and Middleburn is where uh, he kind of takes things. And Craig, I'll let you lead the discussion. He's with us right now.
13: Well, of course, Brandon, uh, on the line here for WRSG, you just had to broadcast – last night of the Tyler Knight uh Lady Knights as they took on the Notre Dame Lady Irish and it was a very I, I guess we were just talking a little bit on the way down here to Huntington Brandon it's one of the best
16: ugliest games you've ever seen yesterday yeah not very often you see a three-pointer at the buzzer win the game and and you're like man there was a lot of missed layups there was a lot of uh missed offensive stick backs and and uh but you know it was a well-played game there wasn't a ton of turnovers but uh it was a, it was a struggle shooting the basketball last night. Forty-two thirty-nine was the final. Again, Amanda Reynolds hit a shot as the buzzer. Actually, she just released the shot when the buzzer uh, went off, and it splashed the net. And I went crazy. And Greg, our uh, master control guy, made sure he got in one of my uh, <laughs> one of my lighter moments, one of my worst moments on the air. Made sure he got that in there too. So it was a, it was a night of uh, continuous body blows for me.
13: <laughs> the other thing is the boys this week they had uh they had williamstown earlier this week if i'm correct a very close uh ball game brandon of course the tyler team seems to be gradually getting better as the season goes on trying to get closer to that level of st mary's and at section two and other uh teams that match them like magnolia magnolia is a team that the silver knights have managed to handle in the second in the second meeting of those teams this season
16: yeah, the, Tyler's continually getting better. They've had their bench shortened up through some attrition. And, uh, you know, I talked to Coach Sorrow. who's a very good friend of mine. I've known him for probably 15 years and <laughs> stopped in the locker room and spoke with him after the game. And and he he just kept complimenting Tyler Consolidated on how much better they were. And it was a dogfight. I mean, it was a tie ball game early in the fourth quarter. And there was about a three-minute run where Williamstown got the advantage and just never really – you know didn't let go and then you know of course Tyler missed some shots and had a had a turnover or two and the game kinda of got away from him but uh it was a dog fight for you know three and a half quarters anyway.
1: Brandon Gregory, WRSG radio covers Tyler consolidated for seven ranges radio. Brandon always a pleasure. Always welcome to join us on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia.
16: As long as I don't got to follow Willie Akers, I'm good, man. (laughs) (laughs) He will never live that down. No, I will not, no. No. You know, that was bad. I mean, you talk about pro basketball, Jerry West, George Steinbrenner, four state championships, 111 points in a high school game, without a three-point line, and I'm supposed to follow that. I mean, you guys really don't like me, do you?
1: (laughs) Well, and and here's where I I truly felt bad is that (laughs) I took the phone call Set up for Willie Acres, and Brandon goes, this is Brandon Gregory. I go, oh, well. Hang on. (laughs) (laughs) And put him back on hold.
16: (laughs) Yeah, and then my dog's at the front. You know, I'm sitting outside in my car because I don't want to wake my kids up. My dog's beating on the front door, wanting me to come inside. Oh, yeah, it was a good time.
1: Brandon, thanks so much for joining us and look forward to speaking with you again as the season progresses. Hey, when we come back, Wes McKinney, WAEY Radio in Princeton will join us as the Tigers and Westside went down to the wire tonight in Princeton. Great ball game there tonight. He'll have the recap of that one, and we'll have much more as we get set for our third and final hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports
5: Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
6: Congratulations tonight to Reese Nichols, Clay County Panthers. Reese joins a growing group of standout athletes of the week. That's what they've got in common. If you have someone remarkable on your team or an athlete that made an outstanding play, you can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com. Click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form. We'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Don't forget the poll question. We want you to vote tonight. Of course, last week the question was, should coaches be able to call live ball timeouts? 87% of you said yes. Tonight's question, do you like the setup of the hometown invitational tournament? Do you like the setup of the hometown invitational tournament? We'd like for you to go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll question on the right hand side of the page you've got till 11:45 tonight and we'll share the results at the end of the show this evening basketball friday night west virginia's high school basketball voice follow us on twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup and call us tonight 855-784-6677
0: Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit basketballnight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now.
1: 11 o'clock on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Fastest three hours in radio one hour to go. Ryan Epling alongside Joe Linville and Craig Dutton happy to have you with us here tonight. Uh, We'll get to do a full scoreboard update in just a moment but uh, we've we've, we've put poor Wes McKinney on hold for long enough. Let's bring Wes into the program now WAEY Radio in Princeton and Wes it was a close ball game highly competitive game but in the end, a difficult loss tonight for the Tigers at home to Westside,
17: 44-43. Guys, uh, Princeton, as you mentioned, a, a one-point loss tonight. But, uh, you know, I, I think Princeton needs to take a look at the bigger picture here. You know, that they've won two in a row coming into tonight. Uh, they were down 17-2 to uh, after one quarter against Wyoming East on Tuesday night. On the road, they come back and win that game by 9-50 to 41. They're down six um, with about two minutes, two and a half minutes left to go. Uh, tonight against Westside, things are looking a little bit bleak. They outscored the Renegades 10-4 to four down the stretch of the game. Now Westside did help the Princeton cause by missing some key free throws over the last minute and a half or so of that game tonight, at least in regulation. Um, but Princeton finding ways to persevere. I mean, you know, two three weeks ago, you know, this is a Princeton team that Things were looking kind of dire, but they went two in a row. They really had a chance to win tonight uh, against Westside. After Princeton tied the game at 3-3, Westside was basically holding uh, up for the last shot in overtime, tied at 4-3. And Shed Jenkins was just a, a magnificent score uh, Of course, the Renegades. drove, got fouled. They uh, won two free throws with 3.4 seconds left to go. And credit Princeton coaching staff, credit Coach Ernie Gilliard, because he gave his kids a chance to win at the end, just shot fell a little bit short. But, I mean, as a coach in a high competitive game like that, all you can ask for is a chance at the end, and that's exactly what Princeton they got. They got the ball in their in the best player's hands tonight, Cade Six Only had six points at halftime, finished with 25. He had the last look. It was a, about an 18-foot jumper straight on. Just left a little bit short, but uh, you know, guys, Princeton uh, really—you know—it may not show record-wise, but Princeton, I think, really starting to come on. But they're going to get their biggest test uh, in a while because they're going to get a hostile Musselman team coming into Princeton tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, Musselman continues. It's uh, Mercer County Swing tomorrow. Coming off of a loss tonight at Bluefield, Uh, the Musselman Appleman will be in Princeton tomorrow and sometimes Wes, we get caught up in wins and losses but i think it's important to note and i think you captured this right there it's important to note the level of play at which the team is performing and if princeton win or lose performs at a, a higher level than it did the previous game that's still a step in the right direction
17: yeah exactly you know and i mean i think princeton's probably going to kick themselves a little bit uh they're trailing by six at halftime and me and my broadcast partner Eric Lester counted at least at least five or six just wide open layups that Princeton got in the first half. I mean, they could have easily been leading by six or eight and at halftime instead of trailing by six, and then you get out rebounded by twelve against a, a West Side team that finds ways to make shots. and, you know you're you know you're, you're probably going to lose. I mean, I think that's the two big things that Princeton want to take away is, is the fact they got high person shots, but they couldn't finish them. Um, and then when you out outreign by out on about twelve, that's that's a big problem as well. But you know, I, I think Princeton, like I said, starting to play really good ball. They're going to find out, I think, kind of where they're at tomorrow night against Musselman. You know, I was, I was listening to your guys' conversation about an hour ago about Region Three here in Class Double A. I mean, you're talking so many good teams that Princeton. Yeah, they're out of the insect now, but. Man, every night they play against one of these region three teams in class Double A. it's it's a challenge and it's a fight. So, you know, Princeton's going to have the work cut out for them tomorrow night. I think everyone understands out was the number five team in class A coming in. Um, but, you know, I think this is a good, uh, a real good test to see where Princeton really is heading into next week when you play uh, your home game against Graham and then you're going to get Woodrow Wilson and then either Ripley or University at the Big Atlanta Classic.
1: Should be a lot of fun. Wes McKinney, voice of the Princeton Tigers, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Have a good weekend, Wes. Thank you, guys. All right, and now we need to get a full scoreboard update. Joe, I'll let you take the girls' scores tonight, and then Craig and I'll split up the boys' scores. Joe, take it away.
2: Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to BasketballNight.com. On the girls' side of the scoreboard, it was Mountain Ridge tonight over Frankfurt 53-44. The Lady Knights of Point Pleasant pick up a win over Hannon 54-26. It was Moorfield defeating Pendleton County 49-42. It was Clay Battelle, the Seabees, picking up a win over the Lady Wildcats of Peyton City 56-33. Buchanan Upshur goes to 15 2 on the season with a win over Philip Barber, 73 57. In the battle in Charleston, it was the Capital Cougars over Riverside. Lady Warriors fall 68 57. Gilmer County, the Titans pick up a win over Clay County, 64 43. Fedville, the Pirates defeat Midland Trail, 66 53. Parkersburg Big Reds over George Washington tonight, 74 60. It was the Lady Highlanders over Hurricane tonight, 67 13. Greenbrier East, the Spartans pick up a win over Jefferson, 67 41. Preston defeats Liberty Harrison tonight, 72 17. The Lady Cougars over the Robert C. Bird Eagles, 71 23. North Marion, the Huskies pick up a win over the Lady Bearcats of Grafton, 90-35. Spring Mills fell to Wheeling Park tonight, 57-32. It was the Lady Vikings, a big winner tonight, over Woodrow Wilson, 72-33. And South Harrison, the Lady Hawks pick up a win over the Hundred Hornets,
13: 52-24. And boys scores. Hometown tournament, the Van Bulldogs with a 73-67 win over the East Hardy Cougars. Of course, this is the second round games, or second game usually in the pod games they have right now. Once these games are determined, I think they'll determine their semifinal matchups going into next weekend before they all converge on the Robert Seabird High School the weekend of the uh, 10th or the 11th of February, I believe. Uh, Doddridge County Bulldogs with a 66-54 victory over arch-rival Ritchie County Rebels. That's another hometown tournament game. Oak Hill Red Devils with a 53-31 win over Ambassador Christian. Uh, Ambassador Christian tonight. A 57-48 win for Clay Seabees over the Greenbrier West Cavaliers. That's also another hometown tournament game to help determine semifinal action the following weekend. The George Washington Patriots uh, with a three point win over Perry Central tonight in the King Cole Classic. Also, tonight from the, oh, still waiting on a final score from the St. Joe's and Mount Mission game, a Virginia game, also from the King Cole Classic. Uh, Berkeley Springs falls to Petersburg tonight 80 50. Final in a double A, a triple A, or actually, Trinity Warriors with a 54 49 win over the Cameron Dragons tonight. Cameron now at 8-6 on the season. Oakland Golden Bears with a 55-52 win over East Liverpool, Ohio. Uh, Union Tigers with a two-point loss tonight to the Payton City Wildcats, 56-54. I believe Payton City made that trip all the way to Grant County tonight. That should also be for a Division II game in the Hometown Tournament, I believe, Ryan. Uh, uh, We're Red Riders with a loss tonight to Indian Creek, Ohio, 44-32. And also another uh, final from the King Cole Classic. Ravenswood Red Devils now 13-1 on the season with a 53-48 win over to Tug Valley Panthers. Also tonight, high school boys
1: basketball action. It was Scott defeating Wayne 76-50. It was the circuit riders of Wesley Christian, Kentucky over Pikeview 89-60. Midland Trail gets 29 points from Noah Miner as the Patriots defeat Meadow Bridge, 73-63. Bluefield defeats Musselman tonight, 76-72. Mookie Collier, 23. Cody Fuller, 21, as the Beavers beat the Applemen. Notre Dame, 33 points from Jared West as the Fighting Irish beat the Charleston Catholic Irish tonight, 60-50. Fort Hill, Maryland defeats Kaiser, 56 55 48. It was Independence over Greater Beckley Christian 59 37. Jefferson defeats Spring Mills 47 46. Nitro picks up a 51 43 victory over Lincoln County. Chapmanville Regional defeats Mann tonight 105 32. It was Martinsburg over Hedgesville 42 34. Parkersburg Catholic defeats Williamstown 58 40. Poka gets a win over Herbert Hoover, 71-34 the final in that one. The Westside Renegades defeat the Princeton Tigers tonight, 44-43 in overtime. It was Mingo Central over Sissonville, 88-74. Shady Spring wins its sixth consecutive game. The Tigers defeat Summers County, 59-34. It was Moorefield over Tucker County, 49-42. Morgantown. Hans University its first loss of the season. The Mohegans beat their Crosstown rival 59-54. It was Regional Eastern Ohio, a 53-36 winner over the Wahama White Falcons. The Gilmer County Titans are 12-2 after defeating Webster County 63-51. Hurricane defeats Winfield 48-46. And final from the King Cole Classic, 21 from freshman David Early, as the Logan Wildcats defeat the Wyoming East Warriors, 64-58 at Willie Akers Arena. As a check for your BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Willie Akers had 10 points in that game, by the way, for Logan. That's
2: a lot of basketball.
1: <laughs> a lot of scores, a lot of basketball. This is obviously a fun time of year, and uh, a, you know, one that we look forward to, and Uh, you start to get into the end of January and into the beginning of February and and by the way, I know that St. Joe beat Mountain Mission, still trying to get a score on that one uh, tonight Um, in a game that was played at the Logan Fieldhouse as part of the King Cole Classic Um, and a a pretty sound win for St. Joe too. They were up by 30 in the third quarter of that one as well, but uh, Craig, this is a point in time where uh, you start to see teams maybe tighten up their rotations a little bit. The feeling out process is is sort of waning a bit, and now you see teams want to start their ascent to playing their best basketball.
13: You can because the discussion for sectional seatings want to come up now amongst fans, and I'm sure the players, you know, the, that burden is off their back now. You worry about some teams getting in from football, but at this point of the season now, you're in full swing. You're in the, you're the tail end. You're going make the final push, and it's been a really good winter. Not a lot of snow, and our team's been able to get a lot of their schedule up to this point. So I think Ryan, Joe, I, I completely agree with that. The, the teams are at this point, they want – To be able to get their rotations tightened up. I think most teams at this point, you're going, you know, they have have a go to guy. And we see by the scores tonight, very narrow scores throughout the state of West Virginia this evening. You're going to continue to see that as it goes on, especially going back to that University Morgantown matchup. One of the things you could have said also to Dave, and you never know, that could be a matchup you see two more times yet in the sectional and maybe even the state tournament, the way those two teams have been playing one another.
2: You know, you you talk about it. I mean, we're in the home stretch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, Now's the time that you want to, you know, st- start being very close to your peak because, you know, sectionals are just around the corner.
1: With so many scores in, that means we're going to do our power ratings. We're going to do that when we come back here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia
5: on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
6: Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. Our newest affiliate, Network West Virginia. Yeah, you can watch the guys if you want to. But you can also listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including Talk 92.5, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, 94 Rock, WRLF, Fairmont, our 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRCLP Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington, 97.9 FM, WSPWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 FM, WVWPLP Wayne, Knight's Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn, Talk Radio, WRNR Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.7 FM, WHFI Lindside. 95. The Sports Fox. WBES Charleston 950 AM. 101.9 FM and 1290 AM. WVLW Logan. Light Rock 93R. WRRR St. Mary's 93.9 FM. 90.7 FM WFG8 Fort Gay. WMTD The Ticket 102.3 and Hinton. FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP, Edmund Beckley. 101.7 FM WYAPLP in Clay. And, of course, Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. Thanks again to all of our affiliates, because you help us make basketball Friday night in West Virginia happen.
5: high school basketball around the mountain state you're listening to basketball friday night in west virginia on the fast break sports network now back to your hosts coach rick marone and ryan epling 11 16 on this basketball friday night in west
1: virginia ryan epling alongside joe linville marcus constantino joins us now marcus we've got a lot of scores in tonight. that means more data for the power ratings and our chance to, to update them and see where people stand because there were some big matchups tonight and a couple of games that maybe changed the ratings a little bit.
0: Yeah, we've got a little bit of shuffling around tonight. Uh, we've already got the data in from tonight for the basketballnight.com power rating starting with Girls Triple A. Huntington hangs on to the top spot. buchanan Upshur up into number two. buchanan Upshur, the Buccaneers with a 14-2 record. South Charleston down one to number three. Greenbrier East coming in at number four. Martinsburg moves up to round out the top five. Going into Girls AA, Bluefield holding on to number one. 14-1 on the year. North Mary and the Huskies in at number two. Winfield number three. The Wyoming East Lady Warriors coming in at number four. Carmont senior rounds out the top five in girls double A. Moving on into single A, Wheeling Central still at number one with a 16 and one record. St. Joe coming in at number two. Summers County in third. Gilmer County fourth and Tucker County rounds out your top five in girls. That's uh, all the same from the uh, last power ratings, which uh, dropped on Wednesday um, on our friend uh, Brandon Lowe, um, uh, 95 the sports box on his show. Now moving over to the basketballnight.com boys power ratings. Starting off in AAA, University staying in at number one, Morgantown, and at number two, Capital comes in in the third spot, GW number four, Parkersburg. Hanging on to number five. Moving on into double A. We're gonna have the same top five: Polka, Fairmont Senior, North Marion, Chapmanville, and number five, Bluefield and Boys Double A. And now the single-A BasketballNight.com Boys Power Ratings. Willing Central coming in at number one, Fayetteville. Uh, drops a spot into number two, Ravenswood. At number three, Notre Dame, number four, Gilmer County jumps up one spot to round out the top five and that's your basketball power ratings they'll be online in just a moment at BasketballNight.com.
1: thanks so much marcus marcus puts a lot of work into everything that gets done around here including those power ratings as well and uh, joe unfortunately for our good buddy coach rick marone his tulsa lady rebels fell last week to saint mary's we well, you know, we 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 know Coach Marone, so we root for Coach Marone. We don't root against anyone else, though. And it was just kind of like we were hoping that that, that he could get that team up to number one because that's a team that's actually about a five hundred team, but was winning all of its in state games.
2: Right? They they were having trouble. Well, they'd went to you know down to the Smoky Mountains, the Smoky Mountain Classic, and so forth. And and uh, you know, Coach Marone even sent us a tweet a tw- or. a Text message the other night. It said, uh, It's not going to happen, guys. But uh, anyway, I, w- I was watching as Marcus was going through uh, the rankings on both the boys and the girls, looking at the uh, West Virginia uh, coaches AP poll. And, you know, things are starting to, you know, tighten up. They're pretty close to, to what the uh, AP poll is for the state boys and girls.
1: And we look forward to seeing how that all plays out. And something else, a great event tonight, the King Hole Classic in logan uh james barker wbow radio and also someone who has worked with us here in studio joins us now on the program and uh james a lot of good basketball tonight down in logan
9: yeah, a lot of good basketball and Ryan, i know it's the fastest three hours on the uh, basketball night in west virginia but it's been the fastest eight hours here at the king cole <laughs> classic tonight
1: uh sev- we'll just say several games how many games did you have in, to- in total here? Four? Three?
9: Four games, yeah, four. four games tonight, or four games today, and then you're going to have three tomorrow with Logan and these Fairmont girls playing uh, the second game, a middle school game before that, and then Logan and Westside will uh, end the King Cole Classic here from Logan. But great games here here tonight. The the Tug Valley-Ravenswood game was just absolutely outstanding. Those two teams played like they were in the semifinals of the class single-A uh, championship in in Charleston, it was outstanding effort from both clubs.
2: James, talking about that that Ravenswood Tug Valley matchup, what did you see in those two teams? You're kind of an outsider looking in. I mean, those are you know two pretty good single A ball programs.
9: They they are Joe, and what really impressed me about Ravenswood first was. They can do it all. They can shoot from the outside. They can play inside with you. If you give them one, they're gonna t- they're gonna take it. If if you take that away, they're gonna take the other. They're they're very well coached, as you know, by Mick Price. Uh, they're they're just able to do things that some teams have, that, that struggle with uh, so well. It's it's like they've been doing the same thing over and over again in practice with Mick Price and their staff. and with Tug Valley. They're just so – I know this is such a, a cliche word, but they're just so gritty. They never quit. They were down in the fourth quarter uh, close to double digits, but they were able to fight back and make a game of it and, and had a chance. There was about two possessions left and just couldn't hit some shots.
1: You also had a chance to see reigning Class A state champion St. Joe. That's a team that has a completely different look due to a couple of key players transferring out of there from last year's Class A state championship team. They beat Mountain Mission Virginia tonight 78-58. Uh, your impression on the Irish?
9: DeAndre Murphy is just an outstanding talent. You he can uh, He can play definitely at the next level and can definitely move on with his basketball career. But, you know, where we don't get to watch them as much, the one player that I came away impressed with the most was John Morrison. I really thought that he's what makes them go. And he does an outstanding job not only running the point for that ball club, but facilitating that offense and getting Murphy the open looks. I think Ross Gags has another chance to win another state title, even though they have all those transfers that left early in the year.
1: Closest game of the night was George Washington and Perry Central Perry County Central Kentucky 5956 Patriots got the win go to 13 and 2 uh that was a a game that sometimes I don't know that people necessarily Know the out-of-state teams as well. Perry County Central was coached by Alan Hatcher a few years ago. Um, they, they've produced talent such as Justin Johnson, who is currently at Western Kentucky University, Braxton Beverly, who is right now at Hargrave Military, but going to Ohio State University, and uh, so uh, and Jay Sean Page played uh, a little bit there as well um, before going to WVU. So uh, that, that's a that's a program that's had some some transient talent come in, but. Uh, for George Washington, a nice win for the Patriots over the Commodores tonight.
9: Yeah, and played well. They they were really able to uh, keep Perry uh, Perry Central off the glass, which was amazing because they start two six, eight guys inside. Uh, both are uh, transfer students from Nigeria, and, and then they've got some kids that can shoot from the outside as well. It was a great defensive performance by Rick Green's club and really – it wasn't a lot of offense until the second half of play, and uh, the Patriots were able to finally kind of pull away. The, the score's a little bit closer than it was uh, the game was in that contest, but you know, credit Rick Green's club, great defensive performance. I didn't think they were going to able be able to match up with the Commodores on the inside, but they played outstanding.
1: And uh, that, that Perry County Central ball club, by the way, now 16-6, uh, with that loss. They just lost in overtime to Lexington Catholic, uh, their previous time out, one of the premier programs in the state of Kentucky. Now the nightcap. Logan uh, got off to a little bit of a slow start. Wyoming East kind of blitzed the Wildcats out of the gate, but those running Wildcats uh, picked it up late in the first half, took the lead into halftime, and pulled away from Wyoming East the second half.
9: 18-7 to lead for Wyoming East after the first quarter of play. Logan goes on a 13 13- to O-Run to retake the lead and get their first lead of the game. And from then on out, it was really uh, Logan just dominating in control of that game. Uh, David Early finishes with 21 points. Dino No with 13 points. Two highlights. I'm sure Fuji will have them on Twitter eventually, probably like right now, uh, for you guys to watch there uh, in the studio. So two highlight dunks from Dino No. But Wyoming well, I mean, East wouldn't go away. John Sims able to hit some shots from the outside and early able to close it out the foul line gave you your score sixty four to fifty eight. Another game that uh, Logan kind of had circled on their calendar after losing one in December to the Warriors in New Richmond. So Zach Green uh, really wanted that game and was able to get the victory for his club.
2: James, uh, you know we've heard a lot about Braxton Golf Course. He's been out with the injury. How is that transition working? Getting him back into the lineup.
9: You know, nine points tonight for Braxton, which kind of goes overlooked uh, or overlooked when you uh, look at the final stats. But, but Joe, he, he does a lot of different things for Logan. He's probably their second-best defender. He he plays a power forward position right now. Uh, Logan moving what looks like to a smaller lineup, but Bino knows so athletic he's playing that center position. So, Braxton usually takes on the, the small forward spot or the best shooter from the outside or – if they have a really good paint player, he'll he'll stop. He'll go down and try to stop the 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 paint uh, for the Wildcats as well. So I think he's moving forward. You can still see his shot is not where it needs to be, but this is only his third game back. He's going to continue to get better, and and Logan seems to be moving in the right direction. Even though they had that loss against Chapmanville, that's a bad taste in their mouth. You can really see they're starting to bond as a team a little bit, and and they may make some noise when it comes to tournament time.
1: That was the first time since 1950 that Chapmanville had beaten Logan in basketball, and um, you know that's a big that's a big moment in time for the folks from Chapmanville. I know for Logan that kind of hurts the pride a little bit, but that's such a great program at Logan over the years. That I mean, you put yourself out there enough times, somebody you you will lose uh, eventually. uh, A rivalry type game like that, but doesn't really change. How your season can go, and the Wildcats have certainly bounced back from that loss very well. James Barker, WVOW Radio in Logan, always a pleasure. I know you've got to watch a big day of basketball. Get you a good night's sleep and get ready for some more hoops tomorrow.
9: Yeah, we'll be right back here for the King Cole Classic tomorrow, Ryan. Thank you, and uh, thanks for all you guys do. And uh, I miss being on set with you guys a basketball night.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll have to bring. We'll, we'll have to get you back when we can. Uh, schedules sometimes don't work out. A lot, of time, a lot of teams try to tend to play on friday night uh Joe, and that keeps james busy. James have a good weekend um but uh you know like next week we'll have Chris Kidd in with us as well as uh because coach Marone will be at doddridge county uh next week so um
2: uh, James does p a for Chapmanville. he does some of the Logan games on the radio, so you know it's it's tough for these guys to to, to get in here sometimes. We're going to step
1: aside, take a break. When we come back, our resident referee, Bo Anderson, will join us. And we're going to try to do something for the first time in three weeks, and that is not cut him off in the middle of the call. We'll try for that when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network.
5: Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
6: Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as the teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online... We're on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, or you can even watch us on Network West Virginia. Don't forget tonight's poll question. Do you like the setup of the Hometown Invitational Tournament? Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page, and we're going to share the results with you at the end of the show this evening. We want you to become part of Basketball Friday night in West Virginia, part of our family. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Tweet us your team score, give us your comments on the game, or tell us anything you'd like for us to know. And you can call us tonight too, toll free, 855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. And a shout out to some of the new people following us tonight thank you white mango allison fisher quinn robbie gazette mail preps and thank you for all the information gazette mail you've sent us we appreciate that brooke garrett haggerty bwj 23 chase brian trump patrick francis paul williamson
5: all followed us on twitter High school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to basketball night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 11.31 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan
1: Epling, Joe Linville, Craig Dutton of Seven Ranges Radio back here with you tonight. Our resident referee, Bo Anderson, is with us and he joins us now on the program. And... There we go. Can we make it through this entire phone call with Bo without the phone call dropping out this time, which has been our fault both times? Let's try to get it right tonight. Bo, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia.
9: Well, I tell you what, Ryan, I've called more technicals on you in the last week since I've been waiting to get back on the show than I have my entire life.
2: But we didn't hear the whistle, sorry. I'm just glad
1: you don't have to write those up for me every time because I don't take
9: Oh, my goodness. I tell you what, I felt like the last two weeks, I felt like I was on the Verizon commercials. The old one say, can you hear me now? <laughs>
1: uh,
9: I never did get through.
1: Well, I think we'll have you. I think we've got everything squared away. We've got you set to go here, Bo. We've got some questions for you. I'll let Craig throw out the first question for you.
13: Yeah, Bo. I don't think I've ever had you in Northern West Virginia. I do all the PA for St. Mary's High School, but uh, that's one thing that always comes about is is with, with with officiating. It's always very tough with the fans. But I've always felt. How's your opinion on this when it comes to support staff with the books, the clock, the public address, and even the school staff? Do you feel that they are an extension of the official officiating? Because I almost feel that's what has to be. And it's hard you go into you go into some schools and. You know, there's some people that feel they're a little little impartial, you know, towards their own teams. But at the time, you know, would you say that those people should always strive and be the extension of an official from week to week?
9: Uh, that's a good question. And you've seen me before, Craig. Uh, I've been to St. Mary's. Uh, you
13: okay. probably would recognize me if you saw my face. <laughs> <laughs> probably so. I, I, it's just, there's so many that come in there for boys and girls games, and it, it, over the years I've you know been there from the old school to the new school. But, yeah, go back to that question there. I mean, I, that's how I feel that the you know, officials are always need that support because I know it's constant noise from one side to the next. And me personally as a public address announcer, I always get annoyed whenever the officials are having a re- are given a rough time by the fans. I've always felt that way.
9: <laughs> well, and I appreciate that, uh, no doubt. Uh, yes, uh, the bookkeepers, uh, the timekeepers, uh, those people, they, they are supposed to be impartial. They are, especially the bookkeeper and the timekeeper, are supposed to be impartial when it comes to uh how the game is run they should be an extension of us you're correct and the sports anou- or the announcers excuse me the pa announcers you know they you know they have a tendency to be able to you know set the tone and yeah you know when you're doing introductions you know you're gonna you know whoever's team that you're announcing for is going to make it a little exciting for the for that particular uh team obviously and you know that's part of the game but, uh, yeah, and, you know, as far as the ADs go, I mean, all the ADs that I have, have you know, been through for throughout the years, I, I've never really ran into an athletic director that was impartial, you know, and acted like that, you know, we didn't do our job, uh, you, you know, uh, and that's what they need to do. I mean, you know, uh, you know how your trip is from St. Mary's down there, so whenever I come up to St. Mary's to do a game, I didn't drive. Two and a half hours to care about who wins or loses the ball game. That's what a lot of people don't understand. I drove two and a half hours to just do my job, get in and get out, and certainly do appreciate, uh, you know, the ads uh, that I've dealt with through all all these years. And uh, I was at a place tonight that I hadn't been in a while in Ohio, and they have a fantastic clock keeper and a fantastic bookkeeper. They, uh, they, they've they been fabulous, and they've been doing it for years. Actually, the guy that keeps the book has done it for college for 20-some years, and he actually, uh, I was very impressed. He actually has made his own scorebook, and it's, aw- it's awesome. I mean, it's an awesome book. I mean, I told him he needs to go to Federation, and if I can help him contact him, man, that could be the book the Federation needs to use, but... You're, you're correct. Everyone should stand partial, uh, and, I, you know, we, I appreciate everyone that does, and so does all the rest of the officials throughout the state. But um, sometimes we don't get treated the greatest, but, you know, we're human beings. Uh, we're going to make mistakes. Uh, clock keepers are going to make mistakes. Bookkeepers are going to make mistakes. Uh, you know what the old saying is, uh, that's why pencils have erasers, because, you know, everyone makes a mistakes.
1: I always think it's funny that when, when I when I see a bookkeeper with a pen, I have witnessed multiple times an official go. You need a pencil, not necessarily it's like in case we make a mistake, like you know. It's, it's funny. I always joke around about that. But uh, but let's talk about uh, goal tending right now. And, and the you know obviously people know about the ball on the way down being by a defender. Then it's a goaltend on a shot. Uh, you don't see that a whole lot in West Virginia because quite frankly, there aren't a lot of high school kids that play that high above the rim. But what you do see a lot of is, you know, the slapping of a backboard on an attempted block shot, perhaps on a layup or something of that nature. Where where's that line for what is and isn't goaltending when it comes to contact with the backboard?
9: Okay, well contact with the backboard is never gonna be basket interference or goaltending. If a player is playing a shot and tries to block the shot and misses the shot and contacts the backboard, even if the ball's on the rim and that contact of the backboard causes that ball to vibrate out, it's still not basket interference or goaltending. Wow. Basket interference is on the rim, within the cylinder, they go straight up to the roof and the basket, and it includes the net and the rim. The backboard has nothing to do with basket interference and goaltending. Now, the ball hits the backboard and comes off and starts down in the rim and someone swipes it out. That is basket interference. That is the call. But backboard being vibrated, not intentionally, but playing the ball, Even if the ball's on a remnant, it knocks it out. And, of course, again, page 1,200 of the fans manual, that's going to be a basket (laughs) interference. But by rule, you cannot have basket interference or goaltending by the mere striking of the backboard.
1: I think a lot of people might have learned something right there. (laughs) I think so. I I did. This is exactly why we have Bo on. We appreciate Bo taking the time to talk with us. you were just mentioning bookkeeping. I want to bring up uh, something, and I don't. This isn't necessarily a question, but I know that you've probably seen things of this nature as well over over time. Uh, I was at a game last week, and uh, visiting book. Unfortunately, is one of the situations where the team had a different number for the same player for a road and away jersey, and they or a home and away jersey had different numbers. And unfortunately, they put the home number down when they were the away team. They check the girl in, she gets a technical, or not she, but the team gets a technical foul for her number not being correct in the book, and the head coach slams his clipboard and breaks it and then yells at his bookkeeper. At what point do you protect the bookkeeper from his own coach?
9: Oh, that could be an immediate technical, too. Um, Obviously, you know, unsporting doesn't have to be um, and actually I was involved in a game once, uh, where, uh, my partner called a technical on a coach because he was really using bad language towards his team very loudly. And I'm talking language and you know, I'm not going to use this language over the radio, obviously, no, or any no, other time, no, but no. any, <laughs> anyway, it's unsporty. Uh, it doesn't have to be towards the officials. It doesn't have to be towards you know the it, it's it's the the sportsmanship comes into factor there, and you know the bookkeeper's going to make a mistake. I'll guarantee you that coach has called out his wrong play at some point in time, or he's and the bookkeeper didn't scream at him. So you know it, that can be unsporting too. Yes, uh, we... that's a technical foul like conduct.
1: Well, Bo, we always appreciate your time and the perspective that you bring to us, and uh, hopefully, you get a nice, easy week of basketball where everything is blatant, everything is obvious, and nobody gets upset about anything.
9: Well, I hope you're right, Ryan. I appreciate you being <laughs> in my thoughts. <laughs> and, and to be honest with you, so far this week, and I've had a game every day, and I've got a game tomorrow. But this week's been pretty good. And, of course, most of the coaches and people, once they've had you, and, you know, this is my 34th year, you know, they pretty much know what to expect. You know, once you, once, once you become, you know, that veteran status and everybody's seeing you, they know what they're going to get when I come out. They may not like it or they may like it. and You know, I just do my thing, and I think that's what most guys do. Um, and, you know, we, we've got to go home and live with ourselves if we really foul up. So we we try to keep that to a minimum, whether people believe it or not.
1: Oh, Bo Anderson, our resident referee, always a pleasure. Have a good weekend, Bo.
9: Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. I enjoy this show. I listen to it even when I'm not on it. And you guys, again, do a fantastic job. And I'll be calling you again somewhere on this earth next Friday. (laughs) That sounds
1: like a plan. That's our resident referee, Bo Anderson. And and really, he provides almost a public service in many ways because you – the regular fan doesn't get to speak with an official, no, all that often. Even though they're 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 just regular people, but at the same time, you know to talk basketball rules and the intricacies of what officials are having to watch for during a game. And sometimes you think a rule goes one way, and that's not necessarily the case.
13: That's true. Rules in in basketball, there's so many of them. And that's one thing from a fan's perspective. You need—I always feel you need to think before you say something in the game. It's always good to have something said if you feel it's something at the moment, but don't keep pushing it. Those officials are thinking it through themselves right now. Officials, I've seen them change their calls. You know, if they get to talking to coaches, they'll say, "You know what? Let's think this over a little bit. I am going to award the ball to this team," or in you know, a dead ball situation. And I think a guy like Bo, you know, you need to have guys like him because. There's always a constant demand for officials in West Virginia. I know that the SSAC is constantly looking for guys wanting to come out and become officials, and that is a dire need. And also support staffs from many schools in West Virginia as well.
2: And, Craig, you said something there, you know, don't keep, you know, pushing your point, but maybe do it in the form of a question. Yes. Ask instead of, you
13: know. Yes, very true. You made a mistake. You you made a mistake. (laughs) And and,
1: and I want to say this as well to all the coaches out there who – Uh, If there's a mistake in in their official book that causes them to get a technical foul at some point, at the end of the day, coaches are the end of the line responsible for the book. You check the book for yourself. Yes. And if you don't, that's on you. That's my opinion on it. Don't get mad at the bookkeeper, who in some cases might be some high school kid who's just trying to help you out because you don't have anybody that can do it. For you.
13: as I was going to mention that uh, maybe as an additional question to Bo is because we had an issue like that with Parkersburg Catholic Girls uh, and Frontier for our invitational game. I had on my tally sheet unofficially the score two more points for Frontier High School. And the journalist beside me said, There needs to be two more points. I'm like, We'll wait till the next dead ball. We'll talk to the homebook, which is Frontier, because they were the closest team. Well, we went to the home book, and I told her, you need to check that total. She said, all right, it's the score right now. At that moment, it's a learning process. I should have told the officials regardless to stop the game and make her count at that moment because we went three more minutes in the game, and all of a sudden she said, add two more points for Frontier. And Coach Marty Veerheller for Catholic, understandably, was upset at that point because well, I should have stopped the game earlier in that situation, and allowed the book for Frontier to recount re- recount with the book from Catholic, and that's one of those situations where if that game had gone final, I don't know, you probably still would have given the win to Parkersburg Catholic if they had come back in that one.
1: We'll have to. Well, that we'll save that one for Bo when the official <laughs> that's book a good is for is, down is not correct <laughs> at the final horn.
2: Can it be correct?
1: Can it be corrected? And and one other thing, and then we'll have to take a break. Then we'll have our final scoreboard. We'll talk with Rick Kozlowski, have our poll question, all that in our final segment. But um, I I watched college basketball, Texas A&M, Georgia, Mm -hmm. from uh, this past week. And Georgia had the ball down by two, or maybe even down by one. And the clock stopped in the middle of their possession with 5.8 seconds left. They continued moving. The ball around the game was at (laughs) Texas A&M. Uh, They pass the ball into the post. Post player turns around, takes a shot, gets fouled, whistles blown for the foul, and the clock had still stuck at 5.8. The officials used a stopwatch and determined that it had been longer than 5.8 and declared the game over in Texas A&M, the winner, even though... There was no clock to go by for the Georgia players, and that by rule is correct, but that's a rule that needs to change. So, okay, off my soapbox. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal our final look at our basketballnight.com scoreboard. All that when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network.
5: Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
6: big thanks tonight to all of our affiliates, including our newest affiliate, Network West Virginia. Yes, you can watch the guys, too. If you've got Network West Virginia, just tune them in there. And also, we're on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. We want to thank all of them for carrying Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And those stations include 92.5, WTHMLP and Ravenswood Ripley, 94 Rock, WRLF Fairmont, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRCLP and Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington, 97.9 FM, WSPWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 FM, WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG Middleburn, Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.7 FM, WHFI, Linside. 95, The Sports Fox, WBES, Charleston, 950 AM, 101.9 FM, and 1290 AM, WVOW, Logan. Light Rock, 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. 90.7 FM, WFGH, Ford Gay. And the ticket, WMTD 102.3, Hinton, West Virginia, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmond, Beckley, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP in Clay. And, of course, Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com.
5: Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. It's 1148 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan
1: Epling alongside Joe Linville. And we have Marquez Davila with us now. And um, We'll go to the phone lines for Rick Kozlowski in a moment. Get our final scoreboard in a moment as well. But first, it's time for our BasketballNight.com poll question. Marquez, making your debut on the show. You're handling
15: poll question this week.
13: Yes, our poll question
15: of the week is, do you like the setup of hometown invitational tournament? And we have 22 voters total, 73% voted yes, and 27% voted no. And this week's question
1: on basketballnight.com will be about the shot clock or the potential of a shot clock in high school basketball in West Virginia. Our question this week... You have the question? I'll do it. Uh, the question this week on basketballnight.com is, do you want high school basketball in West Virginia to go to a shot clock? Several states have. Most states have not. You can answer yes or no. It's that simple. Go to basketballnight.com. Poll question will be up through uh, next. It'll be it'll go on at midnight, I believe, and then be up through 11 o'clock uh, next week on the show. And Marquez? Welcome to uh, the BasketballNight.com
15: family. Thank you so much. Right. Uh, I've had a good time so far of participating and getting to know everybody and see what the ins and outs are of the program. It's a, it's a fascinating little program we've
1: got. We've got to go to our scoreboard update right now. Joe Linville will take the uh, boys' scores for us tonight.
2: Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to BasketballNight.com. It was the Van Bulldogs over East Hardy tonight, 73-67. Doddridge County over Ritchie County, 66-54. It was the Red Devils of Oak Hill with a 53-31 win over Ambassador Christian. Clay Battelle defeated Greenbrier West, 57-48. St. Joe defeated Mountain Mission in the King Cole Classic tonight, 78-58. And it was the George Washington Patriots over Perry Central Kentucky, 59-56, 59-56, a game also in the King Cole Classic. Petersburg down Berkeley Springs, 80-50. Trinity over Cameron, 54-49. Oak Glen, a winner over East Liverpool, Ohio, 55-52. It was Peyton City over Union, 56-54. It was Indian Creek, Ohio over Weir, 44-32. Ravenswood defeated Tug Valley 53-48. That game also in the King Cole Classic. It was Scott over Wayne 76-50. Wesley Christian over Pikeview 89-60. It was Midland Trail over Meadow Bridge. 73-63. 73-63. Bluefield, big winners tonight over Musselman, 76-72.
1: Rolling right along, Notre Dame beats Charleston Catholic 60-50. It was Fort Hill, Maryland over Kaiser 55-48. Independence defeats Greater Beckley Christian 59-37. Frankfurt, a 75-62 win over Hampshire. Jefferson defeats Spring Mills 47 47- Forty-six. It was Brook picking up its second win of the season. The Bruins defeat John Marshall tonight in Moundsville 54 38. Nitro defeats Lincoln County 51-43. The Chapmanville Regional Tigers defeat man 105-32. Martinsburg picks up a win over Hedgesville thirty forty-two-thirty-four. It was Parkersburg Catholic over Williamstown 58-40. Poka seventy-one. Herbert Hoover 34. West Side. In overtime, goes to Princeton and gets the win, 44-43. Riverview and James Monroe postponed to February 10th. Also tonight, Mingo Central defeats Sissonville, 88-74. Shady Spring over Summers County, 59-34. Moorfield, a seven-point win over Tucker County, 49-42. Morgantown, Hans University, its first loss of the season. The Mohegans win the Mohawk Bowl Basketball Edition in at University. Final score, 59-54. It was regional Eastern Ohio, 53, Wahama, 36. Gilmer County beats Webster County, 63-51. Hurricane, a 48-46 win over Winfield. And Logan defeats, defeats Wyoming East tonight in the King Cole Classic. 64-58. 64-58. Craig, good luck with a quick look
8: at the girls' scores.
13: <laughs> girls' finals on BasketballNight.com. Mountain Ridge, Maryland with a 53-44 win over the freight for Lady Falcons. Mango Central fall by one tonight to the Sissonsville Lady Indians, 50, 45-44. Also another finals home homestanding Montcalm defeats Greater Beckley Christian, 56-31. Riverview over Liberty Raleigh, 75-21. Mount Point Pleasant 54, Hannon Wildcats 26. Moorefield Yellow Jackets at home tonight defeat Pendleton County 49-42. Also, Clay Bittell defeats Payton City 56-33. A postponed game tonight as Bridgeport was supposed to take on Elkins this evening. No dates set up for that one. Hannah McClung gets her 1,000th point tonight for Buchanan as They defeat Philip Barber 73-57. Homestanding Capital with a 68-57 win over rival Riverside. The Gilbert County Lady Titans with a 64-43 win over the Clay County Lady Panthers. Also, uh, Fayetteville home tonight with a 66-53 win over Midland Trail. Autumn Hill with 25 points for the Lady Pirates. Also, 74-60 win for the Parkersburg Big Reds over a George Washington Lady Patriots. Patriots Huntington on the road tonight with a 67-13 win at Hurricane. Also, Greenbrier East with a 67-41 win over Jefferson. Preston over Liberty. Harrison, Uh, 72-17. Gracie Lamb with 13 assists tonight for Lincoln as they defeat Robert C. Byrd, 71-23. A 90-35 win for North Marion over Grafton. Also, Richwood, uh, still no final yet for Richwood Valley tonight. Going on to the scoreboard here, South Charleston with a road victory over Cabell Midland, 58-38. Wheeling Park Lady Patriots over Spring Mills, 57-32. Also, Spring Valley with a three-point victory on the road at St. Albans, 59-56. Ripley Lady Vikings, 72-33 win at home versus Woodrow Wilson. And South Harrison on the road with a win over the 100 Lady Hornets, 52-24 in hometown tournament action.
1: That's your BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Go to BasketballNight.com or at Hoops underscore Roundup on Twitter for all this score information. We're running short on time, but we always have time for cause time. Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal joins us now on the program.
18: The two-timer.
1: Rick Kozlowski taking care of business tonight.
18: Taking care of business and working overtime. Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> the life
2: of a journalist, isn't it? There is, over- there is no
1: overtime for a journalist. What are you talking about? Just deadlines. Yeah, exactly.
13: <laughs>
18: Absolutely. Yeah,
2: I- so I heard somebody
18: say uh, a little bit ago, ask in the form of a question, this is Jeopardy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and only, I, know Mar- Mar-
18: I know Marquez is uh, going to have his night ruined because I'm here now. Uh, yeah. he, was such an, he was having such a, a wonderful time, but... Uh, He hasn't had to deal with me yet.
1: Uh, Exactly, and uh, we'll try to keep you two separated as much as we can here uh, on basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Hey, Martinsburg, Hedgesville, obviously the big game within the Eastern Panhandle tonight, big rivalry game, and second verse, same as the first, as Martinsburg beats Hedgesville for the second time this year.
18: Yeah, another low-scoring defensive type of game. I guess that's going to be the, uh, if they play again, will we'll probably happen one more time. Uh, Hedges got to within one point late in the third quarter. And Corey Barnett scored inside, had an opportunity for a three-point play, and he missed the, the foul shot. However, the ball bounced off of three different players, pinballed off of them, back to him. He goes up, gets fouled again. So instead of having a three-point play and he made the next two foul shots, in essence, he had a four-point play. Turns the game from a one-point game to a five-point game, and Martin and Hedges will never get any closer.
1: Rick, one other uh, Eastern Panhandle team kind of I you know, I think people who follow basketball don't look at Bluefield beating Musselman as a shocker by any means, but uh Musselman making a tough road trip into Mercer County and uh coming up short tonight against Bluefield and then turning around tomorrow and playing Princeton, uh the road can be difficult in West Virginia.
18: Absolutely. You're looking at uh you know a five to six hour trip tonight for Musselman. I don't know what time they left today. But they had a three-point chance or three-point shot right near the buzzer that would have tied the game, and then I guess Bluefield got a rebound and a foul, and that's where the four-point decision came out. One little note, since we're running short on time. You mentioned the, the shot clock. Martinsburg will be playing in the St. James tournament this week up in Maryland, and this tournament has, geez, Quite a collection of teams, including uh, Mount, Monteverde, whom Martinsburg will play. They have three Division One players on their team. Martinsburg has two 14-year-old freshmen at start. Good luck. So just figure out where that's going to go. <laughs> but the interesting thing is they will be playing that tournament with a 35-second shot clock. So Martinsburg will get to experience the... The ups and downs, the ins and outs, uh, whatever you want to call it, of the shot clock.
1: Rick, we are desperately—we're out out of time. time. (laughs) Thanks for joining us tonight. Look forward to it next week. Be good, guys. All right, that's Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. Thanks so much to everyone for. tuning in tonight to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Craig Dutton, nice yeah, to have great you job. and, yeah, thank you for and the me Seven on. Ranges radio Appreciate crew it. in studio tonight. So for Craig Dutton, for Joe Limbaugh and the entire Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia staff, I'm Ryan Epling. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week, 9 to midnight on all these great stations across the state of West Virginia. Good night.
0: Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the mountain state. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast
5: Break Sports Network, copyright 2017, all rights reserved.